I'm on this antidepressant. I don't feel great, by the way. Like, I still feel depressed because I was absolutely wanting to, like, end my life. I probably should be on a higher dosage if, if you're going by what the doctor says, but I can't because when I go on a higher dosage, I end up wanting to piss all through the night <laughs> and I can't even f***ing live. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I can't even wake up in the morning. I literally want to have an orgasm and be able to f***ing sleep. So I need a certain amount just to stop myself from killing everybody. Um, how many other people out there are feeling like me? Probably a lot. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Do you know the True Jordan? You're a <laughs> You're going to decide that, are you? What the fuck is wrong with it? <laughs> you know how they play. Just want a piece of that. Welcome back to the True Jody podcast today. I am joined by one of my favorite online creators, Elise Michaels, expert in men's mental health. Thanks for coming. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, we've been planning this for a while. And uh, the reason your content hit me is, A, you really understand men's mental health. You are truly an expert. I've never heard anyone communicate our feelings the way you do. In Like, you put it so simply. And you, you men listen to your stuff, and it goes viral all the time, because we hear it and we're like, oh my God, that's how I feel. I just can't word it the way she can. And yet, you're a woman, uh, which is even more confusing to me as I was watching your stuff. Like, how did you learn all this? Like, why is this your passion? So yeah, a little bit about yourself for the people who haven't seen your content before. Yeah, so I mean, exactly like you said, it's kind of confusing, right? I'm mm. a woman who <laughs> coaches men, um, and I definitely didn't, that was never my intention in life. I mm. wasn't young, like, I want to grow up to coach men. Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously, for myself, went through a lot of my own trauma. Okay. And in the pursuit of discovering how to solve my own stuff, dove into therapy, into uh, self-help courses, trauma therapy, neuroscience, things like that. Mm -hmm. And once I discovered that there actually is a pathway to healing trauma, I started posting my video content on LinkedIn and men were the only ones reaching out to me. So at that point, I realized they didn't have a lot of help when it came to mental health, so... I decided to just be that person because if there's a group of people in need, I think you should want to be in service of them if what you have can help. And I think it's kind of natural for us men as well to feel a warm feeling when a woman understands us because it's it's very mothering, you know what I mean? And it, you put it in a way that's easy for us to, it's gentle. It, it, you know You know how some men's mental health stuff can be, it's very like, Suck it up, buttercup, you know, whereas, yeah, you, you deliver it in a really easy-to-handle way. In terms of the men who are reaching out to you, what kind of demographics are we thinking? And also, what are the outcomes that they're traditionally looking for? Yeah, I have a very specific demographic for clients. Late 30s to upper 50s men have small families with a couple of children. <coughs> they're married and slash or their marriage is falling apart. They're usually business owners who make a million plus per year or high up in management. And mm-hmm. the, the pathway is they've kind of gone along life doing everything that they're told a man should do. And they've done all the things. They've gotten the job. They've gotten the spouse. They've gotten the kids. They've worked overtime. They support their family. And then they look up one day and they're like, where's the happy ending? Where's the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow? Their marriage is falling apart. They don't really connect well with their kids. You know, their spouse is really angry because maybe they're not home enough. They're not connecting a lot. And I think that's kind of what a lot of men are feeling like. They're like, but I did everything 
a man is supposed to do. So why am I not getting the happiness from this? I really understand that, yeah. It does feel like a thankless job being that guy. And I guess sometimes if you got into a relationship when you were young, before you really knew who you were, Mm -hmm. And then you're on the path to business success and all of that. And before you know it, you're evolving as a person because you're being mixed with different people, making more money and getting all these experiences. And then you look around one day and you're talking to that person, your partner, realizing if we met now, would we be together? Absolutely not. You know, but we're kind of lumbered together because we've been stuck together for so long and we've got these kids together and all of that. So I can I can totally understand that feeling of trapped and pressure and just like running on empty. As a man, it definitely feels like you're on a fucking treadmill where you're just getting thrown problems to solve on a daily basis and then there is no respite, there is no relaxation. And this is from like the group chats as well. Like my boys, even like 24 hours ago, were like, <laughs> my mate put in the group chat, like if there's one thing that gets on a woman's nerves, it's a man resting, I tell you. <laughs> so how do you go about sort of tackling that with a guy who feels like a pack horse who's just there to provide and serve the family? Right, so I mean, you touched on something very important, which is when we don't take time to know ourselves, mm. we can't possibly partner with someone who's good for us. Mm. Because at that point, we're just operating off of some subconscious programming we learned in childhood, which is what I talk a lot about in my videos. And you don't know that because your brain is so efficient. It just creates a template of survival when you're young. And that's kind of like what you carry through with you into adulthood. And you don't change it until something goes wrong. Mm. So we kind of have to go back to basics when it comes to men. It's like, okay, this is your life right now. We can't go back in time and change it. But this is why we got here. And this is how we're going to fix it moving forward, right? We have to start understanding who you are because chances are you don't know. You don't know who you are. You spent your whole life trying to people please everybody else to get where you're at. And now you're angry at everybody else because they're not giving you back anything, but you never really asked for anything in the first place. So we can't spend our whole lives being angry at the world for you know, not giving us what we didn't ask for. So we kind of have to kind of reverse engineer, starting from where we're at and then going towards what we want. Men who are people pleasers, yeah. I know them. It, it, yeah, I know them very well. And how do they become that way usually, do you think? Right, well, people-pleasing is like very general. Uh -huh. And it's it comes from the idea that we need to fulfill other people's needs in order for them to like us or in order for that person to be okay. Mm. So usually it's a sign of growing up in a dysfunctional family or seeing dysfunctional relationships where in order for us to feel safe or for us to feel loved... We just have to change ourselves to make sure that everything is calm and okay. Yeah. And if a man has a single mother, the male's not there. So he will then kind of one-up the people-pleasing by being the man that she doesn't have. And then that confuses him when he gets into adult relationships as to what his role actually is. What is it that you think men are seeking in terms of happiness? Like, what, what, what do you think, what do they tell you that makes them happy, they're craving? They don't know what makes them happy. Really? <laughs> they don't know what makes them happy at all. If they come to me, oh. it's really like a Hail Mary. Oh. Uh, you get them when they're out there like, help me please someone. 
Yeah, not in a um, suicidal or depressed state, but more of like, I've kind of tried everything. I've tried the therapy. I've tried the self-help books. I've tried to figure it out Mm. and I just can't figure it out. So when they come to me, they're kind of like, my life is like this and I really just want peace or I'd really just like to feel better about myself. I'd really just like to be more self-confident. I just like this to be better. Mm. So obviously for me, that's kind of an easy goal. So we get there within the first couple of weeks because really it's kind of just helping them understand a little bit more about who they are and then actually getting them to understand what does make you happy. Yeah, in the conversations I have with my guys, it's a lot of it is like respect, peace and gratitude. They want their women to make them feel valued and appreciate. They don't. They don't know what they're asking for because mm. if you ask them what is respect to you, what do they say? I think a lot of the time it's feeling like they're being listened to. The other person is working with them, not against, or not competing against them for power in a relationship. You know, that's the level of peace that they're craving. You know, I can only assume after conversations with you, where men are developing their self confidence and their self worth, that that could cause tension in, in a, if they're in a marriage, because all of a sudden, that woman potentially may have worked hard to get everything the way she wants it, and all of a sudden he starts developing other ideas. I mean, have you ever helped someone who's then developed their self-worth and then their wife was like, yeah, fuck this? Yeah, I mean, it definitely happens a lot, but I look at it in a different perspective, right? Because relationships take two. Mm. So if there's one dysfunctional partner, there's two dysfunctional partners. And I know a lot of the kind of men's coaches out there and stuff look at women and talk about how toxic they are. and, Mm -hmm. And definitely there are toxic women, like a lot of women are toxic, but... When we get in partnership with a toxic woman, we have to address our own you know, reasons why we got there. So when I'm helping them discover themselves and gain more self-confidence, I'm also trying to help them understand the communication problems. Because you, know, you can save a marriage that is toxic mm-hmm. if the other person is willing to grow. And sometimes, just as much as men don't feel like they're listened to, a lot of women don't feel like they are listened to either. So when we understand how to listen, We can communicate better how to get someone to listen to us. And it kind of helps them put down their defenses. And so when I'm working with men, I'm on their side. And being on their side means I also need to be on their partner's side. Because I don't want them to lose everything in their life if they don't have to. I don't want them to see their partner as an enemy if they don't have to. I want them to find true peace, which is not my partner is the enemy and now I need to like put up my defenses. It's I'm going to assume my partner means well and I'm going to try to figure this out so that we can both be healthy. I think that's the ideal scenario. And it, it, for men, sometimes it's just being vulnerable. That's mm-hmm. the hard bit. Mm-hmm. It's like, I know men can be scared to let everything out because what if it's used against me in an argument? And like when I talk to other men, I've actually had men be like, fuck me, I've never known another man speak the way you do about your feelings because it's just not the done thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is scary. It's cliche, but it is the ultimate strength, isn't it? To be as weak and uh, publicly as, as possible. Is, is, is there any other issues other than vulnerability in terms of getting better at communicating as a man, what are the main challenges they face? Well, exactly like you said, they are so uh, um, used to the pattern of grow up, grow some balls, men don't cry. And so much so that, like you said, you're one of the men who's okay being publicly vulnerable. Mm -hmm. But a lot of men desire to be vulnerable and have deep connections with other men, 
But every time I ask them, okay, do you have any friends who you can talk to? And they're like, no, my friends aren't like that. But here I am talking to hundreds of men Mm -hmm. and they're all saying my friends aren't like that. So men are putting up this facade to each other that's not allowing for depth because they're so afraid that you know, not only women are going to use it against them, but men are also going to use it against them. Yeah, and also you kind of don't want to be a burden to the boys. Like, I've definitely had a lot of problems where I've thought, I don't want to bother him with my shit, you know what I mean? I think that's one of the hardest things about sharing. But yeah, like, we're always the ones that when something does go, like say if the worst happens and someone does kill themselves, there's always a group of, of people, especially if it's male suicide, I wish, I wish he'd spoken to me. Mm-hmm. And that is definitely something we need to like make strives uh, to improve in society as men change. And we are changing so fast. Like it was like a hundred years ago where men were just being packed off to war and just basically slaughtered uh, for the good of the country. And now we're this new version of man out of nowhere. And it's no wonder that we've got a generation of men who are fucking confused. Women are changing in a very kind of clear way. They're becoming more masculine. Mm-hmm. Whereas men are fucking confused. Like, well, what are we then? Because we know what you are doing. We don't know what the fuck we're supposed to do because we still feel like manly men, a lot of us, but where's our place? Do you know what I mean? It's, it's very difficult for men right now. I totally agree with you that it's, it's super difficult for men to know their place because um, when the purpose was for man to take care of the household and women to stay at home, like the roles were so clearly defined. And now that women are out working and you know, willing to contribute 50% or whatever it is, it's like I always tell the men who are in session with me, you had this goal at one point when you were young and it was like a mountain and to climb that mountain was like so insane and it kept you going for like maybe a decade but then once you got there you're like fuck I I made it but there's no other mountain right so if a man partners with a woman and the mountain at one point was supporting the family and that was a huge mountain because there's all these things to take care of and now he doesn't really have that mountain anymore it's like it's not as big of a thing to to work towards. Like everybody's losing the desire to work on themselves because they don't see like there's not enough payoff, Mm. right? Men are very goal-orientated. I definitely feel like I'm at my happiest when I'm almost achieving that goal. Mm -hmm. Not when I'm there, but when I'm almost there. That's when I'm like super motivated, excited, passionate. All my best qualities come out in that moment. But like you say... Once you get there and you feel like you've built this life with a person and then maybe there's other things that you haven't addressed along the way because you've just been goal-oriented, goal that's when you kind of realise, ah, this isn't what it was supposed to be. And I think a lot of men, not and again, I'm not dis, uh, discounting women's feelings, but obviously this is a men's mental health podcast, a lot of men do get to that place where they think, this is supposed to be the dream. But I don't feel like that. Right. And not that, like, we all know, like, happiness is a temporary emotion. But what I'm talking about is that peace and that tranquility that men have worked really hard to build into a life. And then, yeah, they get there. And it's that's where the confusion starts creeping in. You mentioned gender roles and, and biology and all of that right now, because that is, uh, I think, part of where men are struggling as well and knowing their their place because we are trying to sort of uh, shoehorn um, ourselves into a new role in society. Meanwhile, men and women are still kind of biologically built the way we always have been. So there are some things where society is changing, 
but we're not changing. We're still, it takes millions of years to evolve and stuff like that. So women still look for a provider, hunter-gatherer, whatever you want to call it, and men still are looking for a nurturer. But women are becoming more masculine, so men, I think, are a little bit in a state of confusion as to, well, what is our role then? And have you have you found that um, those issues coming are coming out in some of your conversations with men or no? Yeah, in the way that you had brought up earlier, where there's just a lot of conflict in relationships because when you have two masculine energies, mm-hmm. right, conflict is bound to come up. Mm-hmm. And so when the man is trying to be kind of like the dominant energy, he's trying to lead, right? Dominant as in he's trying to lead, but then the woman is also trying to lead because she doesn't want her independence to be taken away in relationship, right? There's just constant conflict all the time. That's where you get those petty fights. That's, and so that's where it comes out, I think, because we're already caught up in the relationships and the marriages. And in the dating world, they don't even commit to each other in relationship anymore. Now mm-hmm. it's kind of like, you know, the Andrew Tate way of life where people are just jumping around, no commitment, seeing people as just things to toss aside, you know, and and they are they're not putting any value on the family unit anymore. They're not putting any value on roles anymore. They're just kind of wandering about. Yeah, I've definitely seen that in a big way. And I feel like women women and men are very confused in this point because women have been sold a dream a little bit of like, you will be independent. But I don't think anyone really explained that that doesn't mean you'll be happy. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, when I see women at their happiest <laughs> as when they are uh, in a family unit or when they're in a relationship where they feel loved and adored and all of that and they feel taken care of, protected, like, all of this has been... And I look, I might be triggering people or whatever, but I feel like they've been sold this, like, feminist dream of, like, well, this is what strength is. Strength is masculinity. That's what they... Ironically... In demonizing men, what you're actually selling is masculinity is strength, but femininity is strong in its own right. It's just different. And that a woman who's a mother who takes care of her kids, who can be a lioness in her own right, but also it doesn't mean you have to challenge the man at every step. And problem is, is men are built to feel like, again, biologically, this isn't like, in my opinion, we are built want to guide a family and to be the provider and therefore if I'm bringing in the bacon I should always be the one who has final say um, in regards to the serious stuff not the little trivial stuff and once that gets challenged and challenged and challenged men in, in my experience who I know in relationships and this is across the board I'm talking hundreds of guys I know just feel like they're in relationships where if anything, women are wearing the pants a lot more than men now. Like by, you know, a high 100%. percentage. Are you finding that too? Women women wearing the pants and the, with the guy? I mean, obviously you're dealing with high rollers, but... Yeah, but it's not even necessarily that women are like wearing the pants. It's just that men don't know where to go when they're being challenged because they don't want to upset their partner because generally men are lovers. Men love to love their women, right? Mm -hmm. Men don't want to cause harm even though they're capable of it. And so when you're in a relationship where they're in love and they want to lead, but they they don't want to have conflict, 
So they're kind of trying to just please their woman, but in doing so, they become the people pleaser, they become the yes man, and then that stacks and stacks and stacks to a point where he's in a box where he's like, oh my God, I literally can't make any decisions because she's going to get pissed off and I don't want to piss her off. And he just ends up moving out of the bedroom and they have a roommate situation for the next 15 years. So it's kind of like teaching them how to stand in their boundaries and that it's actually okay to have a little bit of conflict in a relationship as long as there's healthy repair and kind of helping our partner understand that we're working together. And let's say if you're in a relationship you know, you would want your partner to work with you. Mm. Not, you're not, your idea of leadership isn't just like, okay, this is what we're doing. No questions asked. Mm. Don't talk to me about it. You're deciding together, but like you have a mission, you have a vision and you want to align with a person who's like, I want to do that too. Like, let's build big things. Let's do it together. Yeah, and I've been coming to this sort of feeling that for those men, they want to please their women. So they think... If I say yes, and this is how complicated women are, no offense, <laughs> but if I say yes, I will make her happy. And like to an extent, I understand the logic in that. But women actually, I do think, are built to challenge a man's authority, to um, as in to challenge him as, a, as masculinity, um, to test him. Are you a suitable mate? Are you how strong are you? And in, in doing, in standing your ground with respect and doing it at the right time when you are maybe in the right, it can build something stronger where she will respect you more and therefore value um, your opinion. Your, you know, you, you will gain ground, but in a healthy way. You just have to be willing to withstand that moment of difficulty but it will actually send you down a much better path as a relationship. And the amount of men who miss that opportunity early on, and I see them later on where they're like taking their wife's name up the aisle practically, you know what I mean? Like she, you know, they might as well be throwing the bouquet over their shoulder, like, you know? And I'm like, bro, if you just stood your ground a little more at the right moments, you'd feel so much better about yourself. She would respect you more and... Um, you know, do you think I'm off base with that? or Because I'm just bro-sciencing this, to be honest with you. No, you're actually, I mean, for as correct as we could be, right? Like we're kind of making all of this up, masculine, feminine energy. Mm. Um, but there's actually a book called The Way of the Superior Man, and he talks about this in the book, mm. how the feminine, and this is true because like, if you think about a soulmate, it's kind of like your soulmate isn't exactly everything that you are. Mm-hmm. You're opposite in some ways and they're meant to challenge you and you kind of like the challenge because you're seeing the world through a different lens. Mm-hmm. And so the masculine seeks out, like the strong masculine seeks out uh, the divine feminine who can challenge him and push all his buttons because if those buttons aren't pushed, how does he truly know himself? Mm. How does he truly know his own strength and st- and know how to stand in his own power if it's never challenged? Yeah, and it is fascinating to sort of almost remove men and women from this and talk about masculine and feminine energy because everything is so different in 2023. And you do find a lot of women who are the more masculine in a relationship and men who are the more agreeable and softer energy and like I see those guys as a manly man and not that I'm like I look I'm very agreeable when when it's time to be agreeable you know you want a successful relationship but sometimes I do want to give them a shake and go fucking hell mate stand up to her do you know what I mean it'll actually do you uh, the world of good and you were talking about something before about when you're having how arguments can be healthy what is a like a sort of 
a healthy level of arguing and, and also repairing that because that's something I've struggled with where if I have an argument with someone and I feel like they've dragged it out too long because I'm the type of person if I'm in an argument with a woman and I know she's right and I'm very I've got a lot of humility actually compared to, for a guy who talks on camera and probably people think has an ego I will immediately go I'm sorry I'm wrong you're right I'm sorry because my mother taught me that of like just say sorry as soon as you're wrong and it's, it's over do you know what I mean and you can move on but women, women don't like saying sorry to me in my life. I, I don't know if I've just met the wrong women, but I, it's, it's, it's like a grind to get a sorry. Like you have to keep going over everything and then they change the subject. And then before, you know, and, and I'm, I'm like, I don't know if it's today's generation of women that are like that, but I, I, I'm like, it can't just be me experiencing this because I've dated a lot of women. A lot, right? <laughs> and this is a common thing in modern women where I find it very easy to apologize and I have to almost grind them down. And by the time I get the sorry, I'm like, was that even fucking worth it? You know, and, and that, that's the point where I start really doubting the whole point in the relationship. Where I'm like, just to get a sorry out of you, I've got to draw blood from a stone here. Um, and that's where I have like days after the argument where I'm not I'm not holding a grudge I'm not I'm not being childish and slamming doors or anything or giving them silent treatment but within myself I feel wounded I'm like mm -hmm. this is this has been a hell of a week um sorry to just blur all that out but yeah um no that's perfect yeah and what you're experiencing is what I think a lot of men experience mm. and you know this is all a lot due to the fact that we're not really taught the important things about relationships in life. Like, how do we repair after an argument? How do we have a healthy argument? Mm. And healthy disagreement is okay. It's not screaming. It's not shouting at each other. It's saying, can I understand your perspective? And can you understand my perspective? And I would totally agree with you that a lot of women will kind of circle around and circle around and circle around. And a lot of men actually do this too. And it's a sign of somebody who doesn't want to take accountability for their actions. Mm. Like you said, you have a lot of humility. Someone who doesn't want to take accountability wants to circle around because they want to absolve themselves of guilt of hurting you. And so they will circle around, circle around all the reasons why, why you did this, so that's why I did what I did. And then I'm going to tire you out, so then eventually maybe you'll apologize to me again because mm -hmm. I feel so guilty about what I've done wrong. Like they don't want to take accountability and that's actually a character trait you'd, you'd want to avoid from someone because people generally don't change that until they wake up, right? Oh. So like I would say, yes, you have, maybe you've dated a lot of women. Sounds like a lot of the wrong women. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people don't understand how to repair. And uh, one thing I would say about the apology that you kind of learned, just saying I'm sorry doesn't mean it's done. Oh no. You are because right. the formula for um, good apology, and this is what my therapist taught me, sorry if I get it not 100% correct, you have to make sure the other person feels understood. So like you acknowledge what happened, make them feel understood, uh, like repeating back what they've said, and then actually apologize. <coughs> and then say an action for what you're going to do to change the behavior that hurt them. Because without action, there's no true apology. Right? The greatest apology is change behavior. So what a lot of women, I think, and this is like a separate, but a lot of women will kind of bring up the same topic again and again and again, and it pisses men off because you're like, I said sorry, it should be over, right? Done, left it in the past. But she's not seeing the behavior change. Mm -hmm. So she's bringing it up again and again and again, and nothing is changing because the apology 
hasn't actually been an apology. It's just been something to absolve the argument for the moment. So just to recap there, you give your an apology, you explain why you are sorry, why they were, uh, uh, how they were feeling and that you completely understand where you went wrong. And then you say, and in future, here is how I'm going to improve on my issue. And I think also one of the tricks that I've learned in terms of just arguing in a, the nicest way, disagreeing in the nicest way, is for me, I sometimes drop things in and I go, look, I might put my hand on their hand and just go, I'm on your side here. I'm, I'm not, I love you, I care about you, I'm not trying to, you know, be difficult, but this has really hurt my feelings. And, and, and it's the tone of voice and little mm-hmm. things like that can pour cold water on a situation so quickly it's those little bitey things that we do when we're sort of and it is very animalistic isn't it like nipping at each other they're the things that can turn a minor disagreement major out of nowhere those little nasty little comments yeah because all of a sudden you're like bringing something up from three months ago and then you get freaking pissed you're like you always bring this up and yeah that's where men are the most sensitive as well in terms of like if a woman knows there's a red button and she continues to push it that can Mm -hmm. I don't know if women are the same but I feel for men if we have that thing and they keep bringing that thing up, it can destroy us so, like, over time. It can be that real weak spot that they just keep punching and punching and punching. Before you know it, you're like, mentally can't take that anymore. So, yeah, I, I think the skill of arguing, like um, a guy I had on my podcast recently said, like, arguments can be the salt and pepper on a relationship. It can help the relationship if done right. But it's, it's this generation, I feel, where we're not really taught to do that properly because so many people come from broken homes now. Like so, Yeah, like so I would say so every generation was never taught how to argue correctly because yeah. before it was just like, shut up or I'll slap you. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> there was no healthy argument. And yeah. then we're coming from that generation, yeah. you know, and then we're coming out of, you know, just man up, don't say anything, you mm-hmm. know, like so now men are taught to be quiet about their feelings, mm. right? It's kind of like the, the mental slap of like just shut up oh I think women also play on the power so men obviously like in my great granddad's era for example it was a it was a threat of violence I suppose back in mm-hmm. that era mm-hmm. or, or the potential of it because that was the old school and now men feel the opposite where sometimes I guess in in couples and relationships I know where men have told me almost that they feel the women know that they have so much power in the event that a man does anything physical that mm-hmm. they can all they almost men are almost like oh like I'm being goaded I, 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 what do I do and they just shut down because they're being do you not understand what I mean like where women are aware yeah. of like I push your buttons you can't touch me yes and therefore even who has to the, the point power? where the women uh, physically abuse the men and they can't say anything because mm. even, and I, I've had clients who have this experience, they've gone to, you know, they've tried to get help and mm. they're basically like laughed at. It's really yeah. sad actually. And then they're stuck in the situation they're in and this is, you know, deep. If they have kids and they're married, they're stuck in the situation they're in because then if they try to leave, then they're, you know, have to pay alimony, they lose their kids, or sometimes the woman will use the kids as a tool to, you know, if you leave me, I'm going to take the kids away, or, you know, if you I've do I've never this heard wrong. of a divorce where that hasn't been said. Right. You know, like every woman pretty much will, uh, unfortunately, the majority will use that against a man. 
And I've actually known a man who's been like beaten up by his girlfriend before. Right. It's uh, a lot, yeah, actually. He's like ringing the cops and you're like, the fucking hell do you do, bro? Oh. And and they won't do anything. Well, they can't. Yeah, because the, the level of damage isn't as severe as when a man does it. It's a lot, and even to, to be absolutely respectful to female victims out there, it, it's not good enough for them either. But I'm, I, you know what I'm saying? Like with men, it's a real grey area where people just never take it seriously. Have you experienced that with a man? Where like, how did that work out for him? Did he did he get out of that situation? Still in it. Really. A lot of them are still in it. Um, I have. You look good when you said that. What? You looked. Ah, <laughs> oh, he's still in it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because it's really sad. Because I, what can I do, right? Because you know, I sometimes I feel really bad because, you know, and you get so many messages. I'm sure from people who are struggling and in help, and and you can't necessarily do anything but watch. And so that's why you know you have to make the video content to hope that some little piece of advice can help people get the inner strength to know what's next for their life path. Mm-hmm. But we can't just slide it under the carpet that female abuse to men is okay just because it doesn't leave as big a mark, right? Because teaching abuse to your children uh, or to like men, in, it's just not healthy. It's not healthy. Yeah I, yeah, I knew a woman once who told me her, her fella hit her and I, I'd known them previous, like for a while. And I thought, that's a really nice guy. I'm really surprised that he would do that to you. And I know you're crazy. Because I'd seen her previous relationships where she'd mm. been, you know, a nightmare. And I was like, well, did you hit him first? And she was like, well, yeah, but he's still a wife beer. And I was like, that's the way it works. You know what I mean? Like Very for, for a lot of these, For a lot of these relationships, for men where you're at a major disadvantage legally, it feels like. And that's, there's a lot of men who are living in fear. And I knew one guy who he would come home from work and he would take sleeping pills early on in the night so that he could avoid like contact with her and just like go to sleep early um the things men do in abusive relationships usually are self-destructive They're, absolutely do you think absolutely okay. they will um you know they'll go home after work and they'll have to have a drink just to calm down just mm-hmm. to stop the racing thoughts they don't sleep through the night they get anxiety medication they get depression medication they get the sleeping pills I've and been there. they just numb themselves out to life Honestly. because they don't know what to do there's no happiness there's no way out if you have kids that's the only thing you're really living for even though you don't really connect with them because you're so zonked out it's really sad it feels like men and women react to difficult relationships in different ways so like judging by statistically anyway women will leave when they are really unhappy i think 80% of divorces are initiated by women mm-hmm. whereas men men will just like slowly destroy themselves while cheating <laughs> like or, or something like that you know like and it's just funny that men get this tag of being cheats and, but women really kind of 
don't have any label for what their part in it. And like, let's be real, I'm, I'm not saying that it's all men's fault or all women's fault. I would say this because society supports women just so much more than it supports men. So women have their girls to go talk to. They're okay going to a therapist. They're okay going mm. to the forums and looking up, I'm unhappy, whatever. And men don't have anyone to go to. So they're not talking to Jim about their problems. They're going home and, and drinking Jim. Right? You know, they're like... <laughs> and to your point about society, if, if you have a child and you have an issue, women will be taken in, uh, in the UK anyway, mm-hmm. council house, you get, you get rehoused. Men, there's the streets. Right. So it's, you know... There's no sympathy. You're right. There's no empathy. Mm. So it's not necessarily that... Because I do believe that women take a long time to make that decision and they're trying to speak to the men and trying to speak to the, the husbands. You know, we're just taking out the abusive and toxic people, right? Like Yeah, we're say, talking about average relationships. Average relationships. People are try to make things work. Mm. And the, the problem that we have, this is what I see so much, is because men are taught not to feel their feelings from a very young age, they disconnect from themselves and they disconnect from their deep wants, needs, and desires. They don't know how to communicate etc. So when a woman is trying to repair the relationship, and this is all freaking new to him, mm. and he thinks it's a tolerable level of unhappiness that she's complaining about. He will minimize the problem. It's not just about him taking the trash out. It's not just about him fi- cleaning the gutters or whatever she's complaining about over and over again that he zonks out of his mind. She's trying to connect with him in a way that says, like, we need to work on things and it doesn't register in his mind until she's like out. And by that time, she's like, I've tried for so many years. And, I, and this happens with men too. Men do the exact same thing. They've tried for years. They've gotten the therapy. They've gotten the self-help. And the woman is like so angry. And she doesn't do anything until the very last second. So it's kind of like, why are we minimizing our partner's problems? If they're bringing it up to us, it's big for them. I think they're also more self-aware in their emotions. Right. Because in my experience, I was raised by a woman. Uh, it became apparent to me from a young age that women question, am I happy about every hour? Uh, you know, they're, they're always wondering, like, am I happy? Am I happy? If I'm not, why am I not? Like, it, it's in their mind a lot. Whereas men, we're trying to just get shit done. We're not, we're not considering our, we're like, I'll be happy in 20 like, years. Am I being productive? Yeah, yeah. Am I getting it done? Yeah, like a, like a dog almost. Like, you know, <laughs> if, if you give us something to chase after or a ball to catch, we feel great. You know, we're, women are probably a bit more philosophical about their happiness mm-hmm. than men are. Mm-hmm. And... You know, credit to them, and I think that's the that's where the clash often comes. Is we just think about things so differently, we value things so differently, and I think that's where the frustration from women's side often comes. Is like, how do you not understand me? You know, and it's like we don't even value the same things in a relationship. Men, women are looking at status. Men are looking at beauty. You know, like, and I think it's such a, a difficult thing to unlock in a relationship is that like and I seen a guy who did this diagram once of how men communicate versus how women communicate and he drew like a man say, says to the guys like you want to meet up at six o'clock yeah no problem I'll see you at this place yeah okay I'll be there then and it was a straight line and he goes women's conversations uh, what do you fancy doing tonight I don't know I've been doing my hair um, I, might, I might go out I don't know my makeup my eyelashes like, and it's just all over the place and he said men and women but what he meant was like feminine versus masculine styles of communication are just so different men are very direct women are a lot more all over the place and I think that's part of the issue for us is just try, trying to be more 
patient. Men are quite impatient with our communication. We want, we want the answer. Why the fuck aren't you happy? <laughs> Let me sort it. Give me a problem to fix. And then she gives you a paragla- paragraph long thing. <laughs> and you're like, I don't want to read this paragraph. So you respond to one little tidbit. And then she gets really pissed off yeah. because she's trying to explain to you, but that's not the way you register, right? Well, then we trivialize the paragraph, I guess, because we're like, right. oh, this is long. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, what she wants is an, as a paragraph long response because that's how she's going to feel like you understand what she's saying but you don't want to do that because you're like A plus B equals C. The amount of text messages I've gotten from women where it's like that and, you're, <laughs> and, and, and just seeing the big chunky paragraph come up I'm like fucking hell here we go you know what I mean like this is it's like an essay of all the things I'm not doing right or whatever and I respect like women have their right to say that but Again, it's just how men digest things. We're just not able to cope that way. Right. And, you know, I think when it comes to that, uh, a really good solution, like what you kind of mentioned when it comes to repair, is like save conversations like that for in person. Mm. Don't, don't text a man a paragraph. He doesn't want to read it. It's too overwhelming. So true. Like too much, too mm. much for here. And it's so much better when you can sit in a room and you have the tone of voice and you can hold hands or hug or whatever. And you, you just... I think, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, but I think men will absorb what you're saying so much better when it's spoken to you and like, you know, you're in the room as opposed to like you have to read it and try to understand it. Yeah, I don't. I, I know that we all have our love languages and I think for me, if a woman like is just like putting her arm up your shoulder and just talk, like talking to you in a, in a softer way, how you package it, I know we have that old, saying of the shit sandwich you know like you do this really well but here's the things you need to work on it does help and I think sometimes because and look I understand I've been trying to understand women a lot better as I get older and I think there's a lot of frustrated women out there who just want men to be a bit more competent and, and things like that, that, that. When men are screw-ups who don't keep their word, who don't do what they say they were going to do, that's where that tone of voice just gets worn out. Mm-hmm. And eventually they're like, fuck this. And at that point, truth be told, women should really know, you're already done with him. Mm-hmm. Like the, when you're at that point, I've been there. it's yeah, of course, because you're a very competent woman <laughs> and you will be able to figure out a man's incompetency very quickly, I'm sure. But for a lot of women, they keep batting the door and kicking and kicking and hoping that for a change, it ain't coming. And that's where you get like 30 years down the road and you're miserable and arguing with each other. Well, I, why are we even here? Well, because neither of you had the balls to walk out at the right time. But what was it like when you were there? Tell me, if you don't mind me asking. I mean, you know, it's just it's one of those things where you get together and you really love each other and then... You know, for, for our specific relationship, we had something traumatic happen and he kind of had checked out. I was a men's coach at this time. I had just started, but uh, I had learned all these things and I was trying my best to apply all of the tactics I knew. And this is why I bring this relationship up because sometimes you can have the whole encyclopedia of tips and tricks and you know how to be the feminine, the masculine, and you're like encouraging and respectful and whatever. And it it doesn't fix the relationship because ultimately it's two different people who have to find their own paths, right? Mm. Um, but when I was in it, you know, it was, I, had, I looked around one day, I was like, dude, how did I get here? Because I did start nitpicking at like, he said he was going to do the dishes and he literally didn't do the dishes. And it was like, but everything was like that. And, 
And for me, it was just so frustrating because it wasn't even about the dishes. It was just the fact that he never did what he said he was going to do. And I'm such a person who that is so important to me because I do what I say I'm going to do. And so when you don't do it, I feel like you're lying to me. And if you're lying to me, like, where's the, where's the connection, right? And, like, women are so intuitive. So it's, like, it really makes us angry when we feel like, you know, we can tell that you're not being straight with us, right? And we want to know why. And then we start nitpicking. We get angry because then we feel like all of the responsibility is on us. And I'm like, I don't need another son. I mean, another son. I don't have a son in the first place. <laughs> yeah. I don't need a son. Yeah. You know, I, I want a partner. And I want, I want you to be the strong one. I want you to lead. I don't want to wear the pants. Mm-hmm. And I would get frustrated. I'd be like, I... I don't want to... Women find themselves wearing the pants for men who aren't men, like as in grown men. Right. Yeah, who are still in that teenage boy phase of their life. And that's why women will date up in age all the time because they want a man who's ready and there. And yeah, I totally understand that. Like... And, and one of the one of my favorite quotes of yours was about integrity and why the weakest quality in a man in in their opinion when you've dealt with them is is that right is that right integrity. I mean that was that's probably my opinion is uh, a man who lacks integrity you know he he falls apart on himself because he doesn't when you don't do what you say you're going to do you stop trusting yourself mm. and when you stop trusting yourself you start to turn on everyone around you start to be passive aggressive you start to take on the victim mentality like you start blaming the world for why you're not where you're at when really it's it's the fact that you you didn't get up and work out this morning like Dude. you said you were going to you didn't study for the exam like you said you were going to you're like oh the exam was too hard I was going to fail it anyway you take on the loser mentality and it makes you weak Honestly, like there I've are weak this. men in the world and there are weak women in the world we can't just say everybody's a winner like when you start lying to yourself, you've adopted the mindset of a liar. And then you, you just fall to the bottom of the pit. And I don't want anybody who I'm coaching to take on. So I pointed out to them immediately, like you said you were going to do this. They feel embarrassed to me if they don't do like the action items because there's no reason not to. I've dealt with people like that before and it's, it's really frustrating. And it's sad actually because it's, it's a bit pathetic as well, especially from when you're wanting to see a man fulfill their full potential. Like I, I've known people who have all the potential in the world, but they can't do shit. They can't keep their word. It's often the most gifted people in terms of pretending to be something else. Hmm. Like they pull the wool over everyone's eyes. But to someone like me, I see straight fucking through it. And, and I start pointing it out. You know what I mean? Like you said this, you didn't do this. Classic problem every fucking time. And you're right. Like it, the passive aggressive, the poor pitiful me comes out. And it's so, you just want to give them a fucking shake and be like, come on, you're better than this. You have so much talent and ability and yet you're letting yourself just waste it because you just can't even deliver. And uh, yeah, that is, for a man, I think it's a worse quality because it just, it's so obvious in men when they like that. Because men traditionally aren't supposed to be that guy. Well, if you're talking about men naturally being leaders, Mm. uh, leaders don't not do what they say they're going to (laughs) do. So, and listen, this is a pattern that I see. You know, we were talking about Red Pill and Andrew Tate and all these followers, right? It's always the men who are like, I want a submissive woman. I want this. I want that. Who are not doing what they say they're going to do. They're not, they're not actually achieving enough because the men who are like actually really truly doing what they say they're going to do, they naturally have 
women who who respect them and follow them I mean, because they respect themselves. It's a self-respect thing. And you don't respect yourself, you're going to demand that everybody else respect you first. This is the thing about the Andrew Tate thing. And, you know, I've had many issues with him. And the, the truth is, the main reason why he doesn't like me was because in my first ever video I seen him when he had barely any followers, I said, I'm getting R. Kelly vibes from this guy, just immediately. And ironically, R. Kelly was found guilty of trafficking, right? Yeah. Because he looks for the most weakest vulnerable people because real strong men, they don't resort to getting young vulnerable women to take their clothes off for money to actually earn a living for them. And everyone's looking at him thinking, this guy is the true definition of masculinity. He fucks all these women. It's like, you know who the real masculine men are? Fucking like the fireman who goes to graft every day, comes home, puts the fucking food on the table for his family and is um, faithful to his wife and yes. lives like a man should live. That is not a man to me. Like, And um, I don't respect them in, in the slightest. Um, so that's who I think young men should actually be looking at. It's like There's a guy I grew up with, um, bricklayer, you know, built his uh, beautiful home for his wife, devoted to his family, puts the work in every day. And, you know, you can see some days his wife's chewing his ear off or, you know, but he just gets on with it and he, 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 he's built a family and I, I respect that. And the older I get, you know, when I was in my 20s, when the money came, I just bought all these cars and I was shagging the girls and all of that, right? But you hitting your 30s, you start to realise, like, that's bullshit. Like, being a family man is the true definition of like masculinity. And um, that's what I really respect now because it isn't easy to do that. It's actually easy when you have a bit of status and money to get a load of these young women interested in you and go and shag them. But it's, there's nothing meaningful about it. Mm-hmm. And as Jordan Peterson said on a clip I watched the other day where he goes, you know, if you're a man and you can have sex with 100 women, okay, you can do that, it's going to be really something. And it is something to have a lot of women interested in you. But after that, are you going to feel like you're meaningful yourself when you've had casual sex with all those women? There is no way you yourself as a man can feel meaningful when you've just given it away to everyone. There's nothing special about that. And the only men who really look up to that are the ones that have never experienced it. Well, I have. And I'm telling you, it's nothing. It's not all it's cracked up to be. Um, I'm sorry, I'm just ranting right now, but you know. No, I love it. Uh, it, it. There is nothing that compares to being in love with a woman, to being dedicated to her, and to being completely like, I am going to work my arse off to give you the best in life, and that we are going to build something together. All of them women that I've had sex with before, like meeting a good woman, I'd, I'd get rid of them in a heartbeat to be with her the whole time now. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's how I feel about it. So I think a lot of these young, impressionable men, you're being sold a dream, lads, and it's a load of shit. Stop uh, chasing this, these courses that are going to teach you how to trick women to bloody strip on a webcam for you. It's insane. Dude, I love every single thing about what you just said. And I yeah. think, like, literally what you just said right now is, like, <clears throat> every girl's, like, dream of, like, oh, my God, I want that kind of man, right? Mm-hmm. Because so many women are taught, you know, 
lock it up, don't give yourself away. Well, now the thing is like, go have casual sex, whatever. But, you know, I grew up in the Midwest of the United States, so okay. it, like religious belt. And, um, oh, really? Um, I mean, my family wasn't religious, but this is what I was surrounded by. So it was kind of like, if you have sex, you're a whore, right? Like that is the thing. <laughs> you know, like mean girls, you will have sex and get pregnant and die. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that's something that I've kind of carried with me throughout life is like, you know, you have intimacy with someone special. Like in the Midwest, you date to marry. You don't date to date around. Like at, when I turned 18 and moved to California, it was such a culture shock for me because people like dated multiple people at a time. Mm -hmm. You didn't just like go out with someone because you liked them and you wanted to be boyfriend, girlfriend. I was so confused. I was single and celibate for all five years that I lived there. Because I, I just didn't get it. That wasn't me. Maybe... Part of the issue for these young men as well is, though, is the way women are presenting to men. Like, this culture that we're in. As much as I'm telling men that that's not the way to go, they're also meeting women who aren't behaving in that way of, right. wife me up. I am your partner in life. I am going to add value to your life. A lot of them don't understand what that even means to a man because they, again, think, we think like they think. Like, we think that you um, may be earning however much money you earn or whatever is going to make us happier, which a lot of the time, that's not really what men are looking at. Mm -hmm. They're looking at for you to talk to us in a way that makes us feel elevated and treat us like a king. Or By that, I just mean make us a sandwich. Do you know what I mean? Little things, the tiniest little things can make a man feel like, oh, well, that was lovely. Like, we're so easily pleased, really. Whereas women are out here thinking they have to, like, build an empire. We want to be a power couple. But a lot of the time, men don't... I don't think they think like that. Right. And that's the thing. That's exactly like you said. Women are being sold this dream mm. that be the, you know, entrepreneur and get your bag. And, like, it's totally... I think it's good to do that, right? Mm. I think you should want to be successful and you should want to follow your dreams and expand. But to think that that's part of what makes a healthy, masculine, feminine relationship. Because a lot of men that I talk to, they really don't care about that. And it kind of gets in the way of him connecting with her because she's all talking about building a business. And he's like, I don't really care about that because I've built my business. Exactly. Right? Especially high, <laughs> like the, the high-earning men, yeah. Like women are being fed to be masculine in all facets. So go get money, go get a job, go get the bag. Also, have your sexual freedom. Sleep with whoever you want, right? And then men are now kind of, I think, going a little bit away from that because, um, and I think that they should, and I made a post one time that men should practice being chased. They should practice not having sex when in relationships until they actually think that they want to be with someone long-term because what's the point? Like you said, when you have sex with so many people, you are just decreasing your own value. You don't know what the hell like, is coming up. Hey, you can, just, you can just buy me at Poundland, mm. right? Like, literally, like, it's like, why would anybody, like, have your sexual freedom, but is sexual freedom really, like, worth it when it's with so many people? Have it with one person. Have it with someone special. Make or, it deep, not wide. Or, or even, I would recommend even just ration yourself to a level where you're like, okay, do I see potential in this person? Right. If so, then yeah. But with me, obviously, like when I first got attention on a level that I did, again, how could I ever have distinguished between a good quality woman mm -hmm. and, a not, and, and, and an average woman and, and, a, and a below average woman who, in terms of how they were going to treat me when there were, there were so many of them and I was treating them all the same? I couldn't differentiate. So that, that was a really bad 
bad idea. Um, and it really confused me. And actually, it only improved where I got to a moment where um, I hurt someone's feelings. And I realized, you know what? I'm not treating people the way I should be treating here. And I made a decision to just go, no more. I'm not going to talk to any, I'm going to talk to like one woman at a time. And I'm not going to be being this person that I've been. Because if you continue doing what you've always done, you're going to get the results you've always got. So I have to change something here. And that is something that I think men scientifically can kind of get with. And immediately, I met a great person. Immediately, like it was within a couple of months, you know what I mean, of, of changing my whole idealism of how I view women, how I talk to women, and just being like, and also like, so for men, normally we're very cagey in regards to what we want, how, uh, you know, in terms of uh, commitment and stuff like that. Whereas I went, all right, let me be a bit more proactive and be like, here's who I am, and, and, and tell no secret, um, keep no secrets. So before I'd been like, aloof and you don't want to give anything away especially when you've got a bit of public eye on you whereas th this time I was like I'm going to tell you everything and leave and literally no secret and took the risk of like being judged harshly or them thinking whatever about me and if anything I think as you said about women, women can tell when you're not given the full picture <laughs> and if anything it made her go oh I'm going to be really respectful of the fact that you've told me everything, even the stuff I don't want to know. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually going to have more respect for you now because you are being your true, authentic self. Yes. And I know guys who have been with their women for years who I will have a conversation with and, and they will say things, oh, I wouldn't say that in front of my lass. And I'm like, bro... If she, What's the point? What, she's supposed to be like your, your best person in the whole fucking world. You're telling me she basically doesn't even know the real you. Because if you can say something to me, then how the fuck can you not say it in front of the person you sleep with, you, you have fucking breakfast with every morning? Like They should know everything they need to know about you. Um, and I think that that level of intimacy that you can create through... Warts and all, everything good and bad, is actually sets a tone for a relationship where then the woman also feels like, okay, you're not going to judge me then. And I can be, and for men out there, the best sex comes when the woman isn't, you know, worried about being judged and she's like, you just take me for everything. That's beautiful. No, 100%. Mm. I, I agree with everything you just said. And I have so many men come to me too and they're like, you're the first person I've ever told these things to. Wow. After like, you know, being with someone for like 20 years, like they just, they don't feel like they can talk. And so many people in my comment section and I'm sure in your comment section too are like, yeah, well, men can't express themselves because a woman's just going to use it against them or she'll leave you. And I'm like, why would you be with someone who is going to leave you for expressing yourself? What is the point of being in a relationship? What did you think the point of being in a relationship was? Are you just seeing yourself as a genetic machine where you're just passing offspring on? Because being in a relationship with someone, eating breakfast with someone, sleeping with someone, doing everything with someone, their family, your family, every day for the rest of your life, and you can't express yourself, there's a flaw in that. And it's not just with, I mean, it's with women for using it against you, yes, but also why would you want to choose that life? It's time that we take, because we, all we can do is take accountability. Honestly. All we can do is take accountability and say, 
I want to express myself. Mm. Here I am. And that gives you so much respect because then she goes, he's not hiding from himself. So I don't have to pull himself out of him because I can see you without you telling me. Yes. And I want you to admit who you are because then we can both start from ground zero, right? So I'm healthy. not hiding myself. You're not hiding yourself. Let's go. It's so much healthier. And, and it, 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 look, men are a victim of their own strength sometimes because it is amazing what some men can bottle up and walk around with on their shoulders every fucking day and, yeah. and, and act like everything's fine when in reality... This is why male suicide is obviously the, the way it is because they carry and carry and carry until they explode one day. But I can honestly say hand on heart as someone who lived a life like that where I was the burden of so many other people's difficulties and providing and caring for so many people that the minute... I allowed that to just go. I became so much happier. And um, the guilt of, uh, and the shame of, of, of the way I'd felt previously, of things I was hiding, things that weren't even bad, but like, you know, just not feeling like I'd be my true self. When men come to you, in terms of things like guilt and shame. and I think shame and guilt is like the number one thing men carry around on their back for like no reason. Mm. They just, they feel ashamed of just who they are for just being, for having problems, for feeling sad, for being upset. They just want to be totally absent and void of any emotion. <laughs> Men do not like to feel these things. And they come to me and they're like, I don't want to feel like this. And I'm like, okay, well, you have to, mm. uh, at least for a second, because the, the whole reason you're you know, feeling it so strong is because you continue to avoid it. And um, you know, when it comes to things like cheating and things like that, you know, we all get to places in our lives where we make decisions based upon what we think is best in the moment. And sometimes, uh, you know, like you said, I made a video on this. Men don't know what to do sometimes and they don't know how to get out of things sometimes and they will subconsciously do something impactful and wrong in a relationship so that it gives them an excuse or it gives their partner an excuse to just blow up their life. Yep. You know, just restart, reset button because they don't want to say, I don't want to do this anymore because it's so hard. <clears throat> if there's nothing really wrong, you know, if there is no abuse, there's no alcoholism, there's, because like you said, men stay through that. When they get to a point where they just can't take it anymore internally and they just don't know what to do, they don't know how to connect with that feeling, they will blow it up subconsciously by cheating. I've, I've definitely been there before where I've just thought like, I don't care about the consequences anymore because yeah. I don't value life. Like, I don't care about anything. I'm not, I'm not enjoying any of anything anymore. Do you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I'm going to get my small little amounts of pleasure wherever I can and just live like that. You know what I mean? And um, when, um, so there's like different levels of this, right? But if a man is in a toxic, abusive relationship or he's in a relationship which is constantly nagging, 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 never appreciates him, never respects him, never loves him, and he finds someone who gives him a little bit of attention, oh, you know, he goes for it. He absolutely goes for it and then creates this fantasy fictional world of like, this is going to be so much different with this girl, but hasn't done any work on himself. So eventually she does turn into the wife as well if he gets with her. But it's just one of those things where we like, we look for the escape instead of look for the solution. That's a real male problem for sure. Like, um, 
And I've de- I've seen that before, where a man has gone to another woman, the, like as you say, you're in a nagging relationship, and then he goes to another woman, and that other woman then turns into the nagging woman too, because he is still a problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. And it's <laughs> it's hilarious because he's like, say I knew she was the issue, and then three months later, this new woman's also nagging. Um, but equally, sometimes women don't realise how. In the marketplace, um, as a man is entering into his 30s and gaining in status and money and all of that, and also maturing into a man and not that incompetent boy that these girls in their 20s are struggling with, his value is rising. Whereas a woman, because I guess a woman's value is often based on uh, beauty, age, yada, 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 um, their value is decreasing and, and... in a, in a sense, in the marketplace, not always, but you know, do you know understand what I mean? A bit like, um, yeah. And I always look at like relationships like that, and I'm like, girl, you better get a ring on that finger as quick as you can because if you guys split up, it's difficult. I was for just going to ask you about that because mm. um, I thought you were talking about like married men, and then kind of like she's, you know, whatever, not aging well, mm. and he's do- getting more and more successful. But you're talking about the relationships where they've been together for maybe like. Five, six, seven years, yeah. and you're still not married. That's more common now than I ever. was going to ask you about that because you're a man, mm. and there's this th- theory that like men know right away pretty much where they see a woman, and you know, depending on their own readiness and things like that. But if he's with someone for three, four, five, six, seven years and hasn't proposed, like chances are he doesn't see her as the one. She's kind of like the the gap girlfriend because then right after they break up he gets married to the next person okay this is a really good topic (laughs) because this is happening a lot I know people like this I could never Uh, (laughs) I rate you so in my experience the men I know that have done that have have sometimes closed the deal after six seven years but in that time they are keeping their options open because they in their heart of hearts are holding out a belief that I still might be able to do better than you. So let me just keep you on ice. And if nothing better comes along, then we'll close the deal. And, and a lot of men I know actually will propose to a girl to give the illusion of commitment, to make her think like, yeah, this is going somewhere. And we'll have what we call a long engagement. And there'll always be a reason why in this long engagement, oh, we're not quite there yet. We're still saving for a house, yada, yada, yada. Um, But in reality, he knows that that engagement ring, until you confirm the wedding, means nothing. And that they're, they're sort of putting it as a placeholder there of, I'll keep you on ice. And a lot of men, like if this, this was shown to men and women out there, Oh, they deny it, but I'm fucking right, and I know I'm right because, as you say, I just say, wanted you to confirm. Because think, think about it logically, like, and and look, I'm going to compare it to buying things because men are very like that, right? You know, women aren't possessions, but in our eyes, when we're in the you know the marketplace, we're looking for the best possible thing for us, just as women are. We're no different. If you feel like you got the deal of the century, you can't get it through the till quick enough. Right, yeah, you, because you don't want someone else to buy it. No, because no. he, you, a man knows that if you're not married, you're still in the marketplace too. Yeah. And so, if he's not locking it down, it's not bothering him if you get swept away. He's he's. It should bother him that you are not together, like that right. you are not locked down, right? He, he, if, look, if he feels like you are it, the best thing possible for him, 
don't get me wrong, within reason, like, you know, you've known each other a year, maybe get engaged after a year or two, and, and you close the deal after another year, maybe, or something like that. But the point is, if he is lax, and he is not, he ain't treating it like it's Black Friday, uh, you know, when you see them, like, rushing to grab the TVs and stuff. Uh, he is like, nah, I, 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 she, she is um, always going to be there. I'm not worried about that. And then I can chance my options as seeing what else comes along. And if he if he doesn't feel desperate to sign on the dotted line, then in my opinion, he isn't exactly... It's not that he doesn't love that person. I'm not saying that. But he doesn't think that she is of the maximum value that his potential is capable of getting. Mm. And only as time goes by will he maybe accept that and go, mm, maybe this was my best. You know what I mean? Yeah. And women are very understanding a lot of the time. And, and I, you, you see women and I'm like, you do realise like 25 to 30 is them, them golden years and you're just sitting there hoping for a, for a, for a, an official move from him or a ring or whatever you know what I mean and a lot of them too patient and I I don't see any problem for women out there to go yeah if you want to keep me you better make this official and do the do the do you know what I mean because otherwise I'll find someone who will mm-hmm. and I think having a little bit of that in a relationship is healthy because a from the man as well like if if you have needs that aren't being met. Say, like, I'll find someone who will. And I've said this before in, in arguments, to be honest with you. And at the time, it feels like you're dropping a bit of a, you know, bomb. Like, oh, God, what's she going to say here? But in reality, I think it's good for you guys to know, hey, I'm valuable. Both of you have to feel valued. And that you both think, you don't think I can't get someone else to, to treat me well, because I can and I think that that's healthy to feel that way. Nobody should be in, in a relationship feeling like you could never do as good as me. Or any, you know, like it's not a nice thing, that, in my opinion. You have to respect each other and treat each other like you're both a commodity. You're both hot property. Right. Well, that's a tall, telltale sign in a relationship if you're feeling that way. If you're feeling like she'll never find anyone as good as me or, you know, like... Mm. That that's not <laughs> that's probably not the person that you're gonna be with, right? Like you should be feeling lucky. If you don't you, feel both lucky, both of you should feel yeah. lucky to have each other. Like, oh my god, like I want to be my best for this person. Not like whatever. Thinking, I, I don't need to take out the trash. I've like seen she's that. not gonna leave. And what do you have to say about the men who um, their excuse for not getting married is it's just a piece of paper. I don't want the government involved because there's different thoughts about this. <sighs> But I just want your opinion. I, I, I think, look, I'm very traditional. I'm old school and I do still believe in marriage and things like that. I, I know not a lot of, like some people don't, right? And I think for men, because there's a power shift when you get married for a lot of relationships, the woman then feels like, got him. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, there's a bit of more attitude and you know what I mean? And things, I've, I've seen it. So this isn't, you know, I'm, I've seen this happen where women know all of a sudden I get half your shit if this goes wrong, at least. And then, and then a monthly payment as well, which would be lovely. Um, so I understand why some men want to avoid that, right? And, and some women do, they don't value it. But I think there's something sacred about marriage where it's like this is a level above a relationship and that's where the modern day I think have gone wrong because they think they've started changing the vows and stuff like that because it's now just like um, I promise to love you until things go wrong and then I'm off 
<laughs> you know, whereas what marriage is for better, for worse, richer, for poorer, but whatever happens, we are going to give each other that security that we will always be there for each other. And that, in the modern society, which is just easy come, easy go, it doesn't compute. That's why they're writing their own vows and crazy shit like that. But in regards to what you were saying earlier as well about men and women who don't feel like they need to make the effort for each other as well, we see that all the time with men who let themselves go or or women who, who stop wanting to appear in a more uh, sexual way for their men, you know, to keep the spite, uh, spice there and stuff like that. There's a lot of that that goes on. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one of the hardest things for men is women don't necessarily understand that, like, it is a challenge for men to, to forego sleeping with other women because we are pre-programmed to do that like that is part of our genetic makeup we see a woman walk past an attractive woman and you're like okay i noticed that it it's the signals there in your brain of up and if you so that's always happening but we are going against what our biology is telling us as a way of going, I love you more than that, you know? And as simple as that sounds, I don't think women understand that. It's hard for us hormonally because our testosterone's pumping, we are being told, you know, um, and just like women, when women have their hormonal time of the month, we kind of have to understand that. But I don't think women understand our hormones are telling us, have sex as much as you can. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Right, and I think, you know, it's very unfair when we get into marriages and then we just assume that that person should love us forever through all of our changes without any effort on our part to continue trying to be attractive to our partner. Mm. Because we just say, well, they love me. They should love me no matter what. Which is like, in a sense, very true. Like you don't want your partner to be judgmental of you and keep you on a strict diet and control everything that you're wearing and looking like. But why are you just giving up on yourself and why are you then denying your partner any sexual you know intercourse any intimacy you know i see couples who they they don't get kisses they don't hold hands they're in separate bedrooms and it's you know and then the man cheats and the everybody's like a man basher it's like okay but he hasn't you know he's had been forced into celibacy for 5 years so like what can you do at that point like we're all humans we're all driven to have this connection mm-hmm. so when it's denied or the libido's not matching up or we just have a high libido until we get the ring it's like so unfair it's like false <laughs> you know outside of like having cancers or something that like prevents you right it's like of course yeah you know when we give up on ourselves and we just expect our partner to be okay with it. It's not fair either. Yeah, just because it says for better, for worse, doesn't mean you can just choose the worst. Doesn't mean purposefully be worse. <laughs> just chill. You know, like... Uh, but that does happen. Like, people just stop trying. And I think that a marriage um, should be viewed upon as something that requires consistent work. Yeah. And if that breaks down on one side, it will very quickly break down on all sides. Like, because let's say the woman's talking to the man like shit, the man then doesn't want to have sex with her anymore, the woman then will, I don't know, comfort eat, then the man will not find her attractive, or and he'll go and find a woman who's, you know, the, the smaller woman that, that, you know, he finds more attractive or whatever. So, like, it is very easy for this to just disintegrate, and that's why you have to choose carefully. 
and that's what I was referring to when I, when you were talking earlier about those men who probably settled down when they were younger and then changed into a different person. And it really is a tricky one to know when to settle down because like men are at their peak of their powers in their 30s, arguably financially, but women in their 20s seem to be um, at their peak of male interest. And yet maturity-wise, it's all fucking all over the place. It's like, how do we find the right match? It's really difficult. Right. No, I, I would totally agree. And I think that both people in their 30s kind of wake up yeah. to, I don't really care about you know these insecurities anymore. I'm going to be very straightforward about what I want. I'm going to set boundaries. I understand myself. And then so we have this mix of people who are like, Met older men are going after young 20s and young 20s are super impressionable and yes, they're full of life and they're very fertile or whatever it is, but they don't know themselves yet. That's and the problem. they don't have the ability to connect. So I actually think that like men, you know, and I might get a lot of hate for this, no. but like the older you are going after young girls is I think very inappropriate and very wrong because your brain's not totally developed. And like, you can say you're as mature as you want. I thought I was super mature at 21, 22 or whatever. And now I look back almost 30 and I'm like, I feel like I was, you know, not taken advantage of because I had some sense of boundaries. But like, if I would have known what I knew now, I wouldn't have gone out with like a 35 year old when I was 20 years old. Cause that's like such a huge age gap. Mm. And like, what did we have in common? Nothing, you know? Mm. So it's kind of like, I can't imagine dating someone who was like 50 at that time. And I would have been cool with it, but I... Because I didn't know any better. It's like a child. I, th I think finding someone who is on your level maturity is is massively advantageous in a, in a relationship. And I think a lot of the reason that men are going for women if they're like 40 years old or whatever and going for those younger women is is because it's like they're easier to get on board with what they want. Right, and, and, because they don't want to change. And yeah, and, and because men, I guess, find women who have, let's say, played the career route and are empowered, uh, probably more difficult to uh, impose their will on in regards to what they are wanting from relationship. Whereas if you get a younger, impressionable woman, you're going to find it easier to go, look... Uh, a, she's easier to impress because she hasn't experienced a lot of these things. Like you're taking her places, doing things, you got money. So she's more wet behind the ears and wow. And then she's then more happy to please you and do the thing because you're telling her, well, this is what, this is what, it, this is what I do. You know what I mean? Whereas, I don't know, a 30 year old woman has got her own ideas. And then how does that work? And these are rich men who just can't be bothered with that a lot of the time. So I think that that's, I completely agree with you. The ideal scenario is to be much more on a level playing field. But people want everything their own way. <laughs> people want everything their own way. But that's not also not how relationships work. Mm. So when you're getting into a scenario like you said, those relationships usually never last. They kind of cycle in and out, right? Leonardo DiCaprio, classic example. <laughs> yep. You know? Every time 25 hits... They're out, right? Do, do, do they mature though and realize this isn't all it's cracked up to we don't, as well? We don't know. Yeah, we got to get them on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'd love that. Yeah, and I, I, I did wonder about that. You know, like as in for these men out there who are talking about um, dating down so much in age, like what happens when she changes and she finds herself? The, the are you falls apart? Are you fifty years old now and on your own? That's a problem, bro. Like he you, finds another 18-year-old. <clears throat> yeah. You know, that's the thing, because when you're young and you're 20 or whatever, you're 
like you said, you, you see it as like, oh my God, this is so cool mm. that someone so much older like is attracted to me mm. and they have the money and they have all this experience and things that I don't know about the world. So, you know, you feel kind of lucky to be in that relationship and then you get older and you're like, I don't think uh, this was what I thought it was anymore. Or I have my own ideas and he isn't like that. Or, or I start to see him for who he really is because now I'm developing an opinion on what I like and what I dislike in a relationship. Mm. Do, do men ever come to you with like sexual problems? Not as like their main point, but it's always you know like a side in the background. It, it's a thing that is there uh-huh. because of all of the other problems that are happening. Yeah, I seen you did a really funny skit where basically you said like what men are really thinking before they're about to have sex. Oh yeah. And all of their insecurities that are going through their head of like, I don't know if she's ready for this, I don't know if I'm like uh, going to perform, yeah. I can't really talk to her. And I thought that was a really good point because men, we want to perform, we want to be the guy, you know, we want to uh, make everything seem amazing, but ultimately that's not always going to happen. And men having a conversation with a woman prior to having sex and being like, you know, I'm a bit nervous here, so let's just, you know, what do you like? What do I, you know, all of these sort of little conversations that you can have to, to sort of open up with each other and be like, you know, we're about to get naked. We're, you know, this is all right. We can talk about, you know, our insecurities or here's something I like or here's what I don't like or whatever. But men, it does feel like men are still in that habit of just trying to take control and be the stallion, I guess. Right. Well, there's nothing wrong with like trying to take control and be the stallion. But exactly like you said, when there's no room for communication and men and women are both equally bad at this in Mm. the bedroom because women are shamed for having sex and men are shamed for like not knowing how to be good in bed, even though nobody ever teaches them about Mm -hmm. it. And so like they're shamed, like, you know, and like nobody knows what they're doing kind of because they're not telling each other, right? Like women will fake an orgasm. He'll come early and just like, you know, make up some excuse about how he's got to go home. And then, you know, like both people are so unsatisfied. So you have to make space for like, hey, I'm nervous. Like, I'm really attracted to you. I might come fast. Like, what do you like to be done to you to make you satisfied if this is going to happen, right? Like, it's like, oh, holy shit, no one's ever asked me before. And like, let's explore this world together. And that's exactly the beauty that we were talking about before with having, you know, like partners that you stick with, that you can build those, because you're not going to have that conversation with the one night stand. Exactly. You're not gonna, you're just gonna get your whatever and go. Mm. And it just leaves you like so empty because you're not understanding like the depth of a person or the depth that your pleasure could go to. Because when you actually get vulnerable with someone, you have different pleasure points. You understand your own body in a different way when that person touches it. And it is so key for men to ask those questions because women are so different from woman to woman. I think men are a lot more easier to figure out, right? Anatomically. Yeah, yeah. And and women, they vary in so many different ways from in terms of what gives them uh, pleasure, but also how they want you to behave. What is mm-hmm. their ideal scenario? Because, you know, personally as a man, uh, I feel like women have a sort of stereotype of the way I look and therefore the way I should behave. But I may not conform to that, or I may not be in that mood, or whatever, you know what I mean? But but generally speaking, the more I have asked those questions with women, the better it's been. And it's just about being like, not being scared to seem silly, or ask a stupid question, or... Do you know what I mean? And and I think that is the bad, that is the hard bit of of, of having a lack of 
uh, maybe self-confidence in that. I'm talking specifically about when you're first like learning about women and starting to sleep with women. For a younger lad, it's, it is daunting because you don't want to seem like, you know, I, I'm new at this, but I'm you doing. are new at this. You are, you know what I mean? So say it, say, look, I, is this all right? And if she's figuring out with you, then that's even better because then neither of you should feel pressured. Um, right, and you asking relieves the pressure of either person having to tell the other one that they're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. So like, just remember that. Like, If you don't want to be told that you're doing something wrong and feel embarrassed from that, you just ask. Just ask first because it, it relieves the pressure. Like, oh, we can both say what we want and need mm-hmm. here and we don't have to feel embarrassed about it. Uh, there's a wave of men out there who have started to avoid women. It's this growing movement on the internet. Have you heard about this sort of incel culture and, and all of that? And toxic masculinity is being labeled at them as well or whatever. What What is your take on that sort of issue? Yeah, I feel like a lot of men are just kind of like stay single kings. I find so much peace by myself because they've had bad experiences with women being toxic. You know, maybe they think only using them for money or whatever, like, you know, they're not getting what they want. So they're just kind of like checking out altogether. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think in a way that's kind of like taking the easy way out because you're also just not addressing your own issues or pain or anything at that point. Like it's totally okay to be single and to want to be single, but to blame an entire gender for the reason why you're single says that you're not doing it in a chosen healthy way. Oh, it's I think it's incredibly childish. I think yeah. it's embarrassing actually. It's like... <laughs> I'm not going to go and touch any woman ever again because they're all <laughs> nasty to me. Like, it, it's like, come on, mate. Like, what? You've got one life. Yeah. Like, work on yourself, understand them better. Like, and a lot of it is just, I guess, they're very socially awkward people who don't feel comfortable with admitting some of their own flaws and understanding themselves better. And it's, it's, it's such a weird movement that I never thought we'd get to a point where men were like, opting out like that in their thousands like it's it's a serious movement out there I didn't realize how how and what about toxic masculinity generally do you believe in that do you think that that's because that's a, a thing that gets banded about in the media constantly I think it's one of those things that once again just gets like blown out of proportion because what my initial understanding of toxic masculinity was was the unrealistic societal expectations put on men that were toxic to masculinity. <laughs> toxic to masculinity. Because masculinity itself is is not toxic. Uh-huh. Right? Femininity itself is not toxic. But there's all these like societal roles that are put put on us that are just like, that's the toxic thing. But it's just like now it's like you're you're in toxic masculinity, like you're not listening to me. And it, mm. I think that that's just like m- manipulating the term or, you know, trying to get your your way of it. Because like you said, there's nothing wrong with a man being a man, with a man be like experiencing his anger or aggression or his ability to fight because fight or flight is n- necessary for all of us. Mm-hmm. Like if a woman's child is in danger, she, she definitely going to be in fight mode. You know, like she's not, she's going to be in fight or she's going to run away. She's going to do what she can. And like, you don't want to eliminate that. And for men, it's usually fight, right? So you don't want to eliminate that in a man because like when you said, when we need it, we need it. I didn't even know that that was the original sort of meaning of talking. I mean, that's what I had 
yeah. thought of it. But as... it makes sense though that the whole man up thing <laughs> right. that we used to be told—that's toxic masculinity, and you know that 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 toxic side of what masculinity was and the expectations on men to just man up—that's the bad thing. But in, instead, it's now being used as like if you're a manly man, and I've definitely experienced this online, you get sort of pigeonholed in this, you are this, you are this thing. And it's like a, a discriminatory thing, yeah. really. What do you think of the red pill movement overall? I mean, to be fair, I have not like studied them in depth mm. because it's a very, it's a, it, to me, it's like very toxic. Mm -hmm. Like I don't, I don't generally tend to like put all of my energy and effort into people who blame other people people or things for why they're the way they are because I just feel like it's a victim mentality and all it does is serve to make you feel bad about yourself right because I'm a woman and with the red pill movement a lot of it is like women aren't good wives women become less valuable as they age and so for me to do men's work and then for men to comment on my posts that like oh yeah women are so much less valuable as they you know hit 30 and whatever it's it's kind of like so degree it's like what am I doing this for then? Mm. Do you want me to vanish? Do you want to have no advocates? Do you, you know, like you can't just shit on the people who are trying to help you. Mm. And like, it, does, it just doesn't work that way. You can't get a good wife by shitting on all women and how they're not good wives. You can't. Yeah. You have to be an advocate for who you want to be with, right? Like, mm. I can't just say all men suck and then I want to be like, oh, I'm just looking for a husband who's going to take care of me. But like, I hate men. It doesn't make any sense. I have to be like, I love men, I want to help you, and I'm going to align with someone who has the same goals and values and beliefs as me. And there's shitty men out there, but I'm not, a I'm not looking at them. I'm looking at the men who want to help, who want to change themselves, who want to do things like this. So if you're a man who's struggling, I know the red pill movement might be very attractive because you feel understood and you feel valued and feel respected, but I want you to respect and value yourself to a point where you don't need to hate on other people in order to get there. I love that. Yeah, I think you're completely right. Enough. Uh, no, you're, you're so right, because I feel like feminism has become a similar thing for women mm -hmm. who feel hurt and misunderstood by men. And these two avenues can be very attractive when you feel like a victim and you feel you've been hurt. You ha there was one or two or three or four people who didn't understand you, didn't respect you, treated you bad. And then you've got this group of people who are hating the other side going, we've got all the answers, come over here. And it's rubbish. Like, and there isn't anything that makes people happier than a loving relationship. Not money, not nothing. And you're not going to achieve that by hating the opposite gender. As much as I'm, I can be critical of women or I can say, look, modern women are this and this is a difficult thing about them. Equally, they're my motivation in life. Nothing. Why am I trying to be successful? I want to, you know, be able to provide for a woman, make her happy, have a build a life with her. Like, I mean, I remember being nineteen and my dad saying to me, "Well, what, what's your motivation?" I was like, "Women." <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And I think that's why men get so, I don't, I don't know, drawn into the red pill movement is because you know there are some common sense things in both feminism and red pill, but it's surrounded in anger and hurt. And I think that's what they, a lot of them find themselves gravitating towards that for, um, so that they can stand over there and point the finger and I guess say, they're the bad guys. I'm great. Nothing wrong with me. Yeah. Right. And then as they 
um, continue down that spiral, it becomes, like you said, they just opt out of relationships altogether. And are they actually happier? I don't think so. If you're being a keyboard warrior, like, get yeah, a single kings, like, you're just repeating your pain over and over and over again. Like, she hurt me. Like, <coughs> you've literally just made that person, like, the master of you. You've become a slave to someone of your past. They have literally whipped you into singlehood where you are now crying on the internet to everybody mm-hmm. that... We need to also go to Thailand and get Ugh. what? Like, and I'm so sorry because I just called us so many people, but like they just think called passport bros, and it really frustrates me. Ugh. It really frustrates me. There's no good women in America, Ugh. but like I've now hit 25 countries that I've lived in, say for a month each at least. And everybody says this in every country there's no good men here, there's no good women here. I need to go somewhere else. And like you're telling me, in, in every country I go to, there's no good men or women here, and that you have to go somewhere else. It's like, it doesn't make sense. You have to be where you're at and understand who you are and where you're at, and then things will change for you. It's so ironic that these, you know, quote-unquote masculine men think that they're so manly, <laughs> and yet a woman broke your heart and now you're crying about it in the comments of YouTube <laughs> for, for years on end. Bro, you're the most feminine thing I ever did see in my life, mate. Get back out there. And wear your heart on your sleeve like a man and brave it. Stop hating, you know, all women just because one of them hurt you. It, truthfully, and I agree with you about this idea of I'm just going to go to another country and find a bride who will do everything I want because she is being paid to. That is not a solution, man. Like, I understand... You know, it feels like an extreme solution to a problem where you're having a woman who is maybe a nightmare, right? And, you know, let's say you've got a UK woman who's, you know, completely a bad match for you, and you think, I'm just going to go and find someone who says yes to everything. That's not a solution because then you're not going to feel like anything you're doing with her is genuine. Like there's real love there. Yeah. And then it's empty. So, um, I mean, what I did, to be honest with you, when I've made my change in life and decided to treat women differently and, and, and think differently, is I played the, the sort of the numbers game a bit more where I went on the internet dating and I wrote a nice profile. Um, I'll tell you what my, my, <laughs> on my Hinge profile was. Uh, dating me... Hinge, is, okay, we got to yeah. make sure we know this. I went, I went on Hinge. It was uh, Dating me is like, because uh, they have like all your little prompts, right? So I was, dating me is like Christmas. There's a big bearded guy giving you gifts and you eat a lot. <laughs> I thought that was a good line, right? It's funny. Yeah, and and you know, I, and I just started like talking to women who I thought were attractive and trying to work out, okay, well, are we compatible? Because that's something I'd never done before, and it's so basic because. Of course, you should be looking for someone who's compatible. But men, we're looking for the hot, you know what I mean? The hottest girl we can find a lot of the time. Right, that's your level of compatibility. Yeah, I'm like, hot? yeah, do I want to go there? Okay. Um, and then I would have a phone call because I wouldn't want to go on a date and make all that effort without knowing, is there any even phone chemistry there? Because if there's not phone chemistry and it's awkward and we don't click and we're not having, you know, laughing and learning about each other and getting along, then we've got no hope. There's no hope. So that was, and I did that quite a lot. And I would do like, and then if I had a date and I was like, eh, I wouldn't do a second date. There's no way I'm doing a second date if I'm, eh, because I'm thinking, I'm in my 30s now. Life is, you know, ticking along and I want to meet someone here. So... I gave my I viewed dating almost like a job not in a not in a not in a uh, difficult hard work kind of way but more like 
I set myself limitations and boundaries to go, these are the standards, the criteria that I'm trying to hit, because otherwise I'm just going to waste my time. And I think that that is one of the things that people are doing more than ever is wasting time, going out with people who are just clearly not right for them. Like I said, people who can't even speak their own mind in front of their partners after five, ten years of knowing them. And I didn't want to feel that way. And that paid off for me, that attitude of I'm just going to keep talking to people and eventually I will talk to someone who aligns with me and then there's attraction. Yeah. I think that's a good way of going for people. That's a perfect. Mm. I mean, and actually because now then you had some set standards and like you said, it's kind of like a job interview. It's like, that's that's what dating is. Dating isn't like, hey, I'm going to see if I want to be in a relationship with you. It's like, hey, I need to see like if we're compatible mm-hmm. and then we can see if we're going to be in a relationship, mm-hmm. right? Like, and if, you know, people get stuck on like the second person they kind of go on a date with, oh, I kind of like them. I kind of want to see where it goes. Like, no, you should know where you want to go mm-hmm. and vet for that first. So true. And that's what I did. And I was asking the questions like, do you want children? You know, yada, yada, yada. Are you, um, why did you break up with your last boyfriend? Did he break up with you? Why? What happened? You know, like, I wasn't, I'm I'm not scared of any of those answers. I'm not the the kind of guy who needs to be uh, convinced in the idea I'm the only man you've ever known. Uh, I think that's a really childish way of viewing it as well. And that really helped me just better understand people and realize, okay, you would not be right for me for this reason. Or like there was one girl who was just like really lovely person, worked constantly. And I was like, that's not going to work because I work a lot. So I need someone who can fit around my life. Mm. And and that's not even in a domineering alpha attitude. It was just generally the, the way it is. And that really helped me like, figure out how to meet people in a better way um, and not waste my time. That's perfect. I mean, just as an example, like I had a client once who was a lawyer and he worked all the time and I said, who's your ideal person? He's like, yeah, maybe someone who has their own career also, you know, maybe like a doctor or a nurse. And I said, how is that going to work out? You think doctors aren't working around the clock? I'm like, you're a lawyer, she's a doctor, when are you going to see each other? Mm -hmm. We can have a relationship. It's hard enough to be with a doctor in the first place. I'm like, you should probably change your ideal, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not saying it can't work, but I'm just saying like that's probably where you're missing the goalpost. Yeah, nurses actually apparently struggle for that reason. Yeah. Because they are just so... They and, date each other within the work unit. And, and think about it. If you're, a, like, let's say if you're a nurse or a doctor, especially nurses, you're giving so much care and energy to people all day. And then you've got to come home and be caring and giving to your man. It must be hard. And for that reason, it's a no from me. You know, I'm just, <laughs> it's a no for me. No, I, I'm quite a demanding guy. I, I think I'm really tra- um, traditional. I think I'm a real like old fashioned kind of guy. And I believe I like gender roles. I like doing the manly stuff. I like her doing the female stuff. And don't get me wrong, I, that doesn't mean I'm like unchallengeable or anything like that. I just mean, it, I just feel like it's, it fits for me. And I think that, that it's helped uh, me in relationships before because I think it just eliminates a lot of the confusion that men and women are finding themselves in. In terms of respect, because men really seem to be struggling with that in terms of gaining that in their lives from their partners and, and, and feeling respectful of themselves. What do you think men can do to help with that? Going back to the main thing that we said in the beginning is um, doing what you say you're going to do. Okay. Immediately helps raise your level of self-respect mm-hmm. because you're like, I know I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. 
So it gives you this level of self-confidence. And after you do little thing after little thing, then you know you can do the big things. So you start setting bigger, bigger goals, mm-hmm. right? And when you start setting bigger goals, you start achieving the bigger goals. Then you have a sense of self-worth and self-value. And then you stop kind of looking at women as on a pedestal, right? Men do that for sure. Yeah, men do that for sure when they feel insecure about their worth and their value. Women can sometimes a little bit, they play on that as well. Or if they smell a bit of that, they'll do a little bit more of that to gain a bit of ground, like power in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, my, I don't know if you... Well, that's their role. Yeah. You know, it's like, listen, like we don't want to, like, women's power is the word because they don't have the physical strength. Mm-hmm. So we have to use our minds and we have to use our seduction mm. to get what we want. And if we want to, <laughs> like, right, like this is just the way of the divine feminine also. Yeah. You don't want a woman to lose that, actually. You just want to be a man who's competent enough to play the game. For real, yeah. You, you, it's, a, it's a healthy thing when, yeah. when managed accordingly. Right. It's just like, if you're too weak to that, or she's too strong with that, it can kind of become unbalanced, right? Someone once described it as um, the woman's the the woman is the flame and we're the moth, mm-hmm. like almost attracted to it, <laughs> but not getting too close to get burned. Um, and my dad actually once told me like um, relationships are just constantly like an adjustment of power depending on what, what is going on and balancing that. And I, I, I do I do agree. In terms of ending relationships, let's say you you know you're you needed a, a divorce or something like that and you you feel like you're stuck. Uh, how do how do your clients um, exit those relationships in in the healthiest of ways and 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 how hard is it because obviously Divorces and separation, they seem to really hit men hard because when men, men seem very loyal in their commitments to women, like, and it can destroy men, the divorce situation. Yeah. And this is like the really unfortunate thing. Like, you know, I think that, like you said, marriage is a very sacred thing, mm. but unfortunately, the government does tie its hands into it. And, and for good reason, sometimes, you know, if the woman is, if it is traditional role, she doesn't have a career, like she's going to need that support. And if you're a man who's had children with a woman who she has been traditional, you should want to support her even if you separate mm-hmm. because that was the agreement, mm-hmm. right? But every state, at least in the United States, has different laws for mm. marriage and for what happens after. So I think you really need to be prepared before you get married to understand because everybody has a prenup, just depending on what state you're in. So write something so that when you're both in love, you can agree on. Most people don't do that. They're like, we're never gonna get divorced. Fair enough, but like now you haven't prepared for it, so now you have to be subject to the laws of the state. Mm. So... It's different for my clients because they're all in different states, depending on the laws of the state and depending on the spouse. If the spouse that they've married is is somewhat, um, you know, committed to, you know, the promises that they kept in marriage, even in separation, it's it's usually equal. But I usually tell the men, no matter what, go in with a calm state of being, because you can kind of shift the dynamic of the relationship by not making her the enemy, and then stick with your boundaries. For like, because I see a lot of men kind of give more than they should. Of course. Because they don't want to create any problems, but then all it does is give permission for her to ask for more. And you just got to put up a boundary yourself because sometimes the state's not even asking for it. The lawyer's not even asking for it. You're just like, okay, take this, take this. That, take, that'll be guilt. This is all that I want. That'll right. be the guilt from men leaving because right. you feel bad about it. 
and it's funny, I watched this uh, viral clip of um, what would you say to your ex right now? And it was men against women and women being like, I tell them to eat shit and die. <laughs> and then men going, I just hope she's having a happy life. Like, and, the, and it was like consistent. Like, yeah. like con- and, and women, I think, find it easier to sort of turn the guy into a villain in their head for, mm-hmm. emotionally. And I'm not making them a dig at them. It's, it's, it's often because it's so painful that it's easier to be like, you're my enemy just to get over this period whereas men can often let go um, a bit more calm well we're very logical well because they blame themselves right they make themselves the enemy absolutely and it's easy to do that when the woman's telling you you're a piece of shit Um, (laughs) it's like maybe I am but in terms of the mental health side of it obviously it, it's it's a hell of a rebuild to go through after men obviously find themselves um, starting a new life and alone yeah well and also because we said there's no sympathy for men mm. Any, anytime you get to ask a friend who's getting divorced and you say what happened and they're always going to lean towards it was the man's fault mm. like your your subconscious assumption is that he did something wrong well, that's, I mean, when 80% of divorces are initiated by women, that's ironic. It's like, I'm leaving and it's your fault. I'm doing the action of leaving, but it's your fault. Ah, uh, but sometimes <laughs> men will do this too. They will do things so that she will pull the trigger so that he doesn't have to feel guilty. Facts. I completely agree. I'm not even going <laughs> to Sorry. I'm not gonna that's lie. where the cheating is sometimes <laughs> in. So we're blaming women over here like, yeah, she, she had the audacity to leave me. Yeah, it. because you were doing all these things on purpose yeah. and you didn't want to be blamed. No, you, you are so, so right in that. <laughs> and I think, um, and I've been in relationships before where not, not in this sort of level, not, not in a divorce setting, but, but in, a, in a way where I realize where we're having an argument, where we're trying to manipulate the argument to make uh, we're, we're trying to who can get the victim status you know like you're the perpetrator because of this this and this and then oh no I'm the victim because of the, and it's like that that was a, a point in my life where I realised god this is so immature mm-hmm. who cares man you know what I mean like what are we fucking competing over here the victim status when this is shit yeah. <laughs> this is shit. Why are we still doing this? And um, I think it's a real habit that people get into because it's a lot easier to claim victim than it is to take accountability for your percentage, obviously not 100%, but whatever you did wrong. Um, and that's often where you just know you're not even in a relationship with someone who's mature enough to work with you to mend those scars and heal each other. Like what we were saying earlier, I think that is actually like the the telltale of a great relationship is people who can apologize well to each other and make each other feel better afterwards. When you're in a healthy relationship, it no longer feels good to win alone. Like winning the argument and feeling like your partner lost, it doesn't feel good to you. Nope. You know, like you want to get to a point where you're like, okay, how can we find a win-win, right? Because yeah, if you're in a healthy relationship, like because sometimes too, if you know you're in an immature relationship, if you're just trying to explain how you feel and get the point across, and then they're doing that thing to you, and then it gets exhausting. Like, man, I didn't want to fight with you. I just wanted you to understand my perspective so that we could move forward. And now I feel bad that I brought something up and you're thinking that I made you the enemy mm-hmm. and it's just so crazy like just get to a point where you can say how can we make this a win-win with every argument how can how can I walk away from this 
making them feel better than when we started. I think that's absolutely fantastic advice because if you don't get to a point where you can do that, where you feel like, okay, yeah, we went through a bit of a, an argument there, but you know what, we both understand each other better now, and I'm really glad we had this out, actually. Mm-hmm. That's a healthy relationship. But what you were describing before in that the the confusion, the spaghetti of it all, where you know, you're trying to get a point across and it's changing of subjects, misdirection and all that, that's where I feel at my most helpless, where I'm just like... I'm just giving up because I actually don't have the faith in you to even understand where I'm coming yeah, from. I feel like you don't care. Yeah, because you, you're too busy trying to win, not hear what I'm saying. Um, and that's really where the breakdown comes from either side, men or women, I guess. And men have less capacity to try because they don't, they don't become vulnerable. Um, they don't have the ability to become vulnerable so often. So when they do and they get rejected or that cycle happens to them, they shut down immediately, right? So it's kind of like if you're in a relationship with a man, you have to like take that into stock that like, oh my God, I really need to like nurture this moment because, you know, it's, it's so much harder for men to open up. Do you, you think know? that's down to like the inner child sort of thing? Like what happens to us when we're younger sometimes? Yeah, I mean, specifically for men because they're taught to just man up so little boys are treated differently than little girls, you know, growing up. And when they skin their knee, it's kind of like rub some dirt on it, you know, and the girl's crying. It's like, oh, come here, sweet baby angel, you know? And like, so men see that, you see that as a little boy and you're like, oh, well, my pain's not necessarily as important as her pain. So true. You know, and that's, that's how you approach relationships. My pain's not as important as her pain. I'll just keep it inside. Then it kills you because that pain is real. Mm. It doesn't just go away. It builds up. You actually once said that men and women view relationships differently and you compared it to Jenga. (laughs) And I really like this comparison in that men see the entirety of Mm -hmm. the structure, whereas women see the tiny little details of it all. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, so I'm I'm glad that you like that because I worked really hard on that thought process. The game Jenga, it's like the game is like how many small pieces can I take out before the tower falls? Mm -hmm. And how men see things is like they see things as the big picture. So like as long as the relationship is still together, they say, oh, the tower is still together. This is okay. But the women are like, he didn't take the trash out. He didn't say yes to his brother's wedding. And now I've got to do all this stuff and I've got to do all the chores. And so like every time something happens in the relationship, like a little piece is missing. And that's what she sees because she sees the, the fact that the little things build up the structure. So then one day when one piece too many comes out, he's like, the structure is gone over that one thing. And she's like, didn't you see all of the holes in the tower? The Jenga tower doesn't fall because one piece is missing. It falls because too many pieces are missing for this to be stable anymore. That is actually genius. Because that is- Thank you. No, that, it really is. Because that, that's the best analogy I've heard in terms of how men and women view relationships differently. It's so true. Thank you. Yeah, because- we are just trying to see the bigger picture. We are just trying to get through life and make sure that like bills are paid and yada yada. And oh well, I, I took when when women say, I, I guess from memory, classic example is women have maybe accused me of oh well you didn't do this this and this. And I go yeah well I took you out on Saturday, and yeah. it's like well that doesn't cover <laughs> for all of the little things that you didn't make, you know make happen or whatever. So. I wonder if you could just get, like, and I've thought about this too, if you just get a Jenga game so both of you can see it and just keep it on the counter and every time, like, Mm -hmm. the woman gets upset or feels like a piece is missing, she takes one out and puts it 
on a piece of paper and like notates it. So he sees, okay, there's a piece missing and this is what is upset by her and he can do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And then when something awesome happens, you put a piece back in, right? Like, I don't know, that's just like a tangible way to see the progress of the relationship. It amazes me that when you think about it, this is the sort of thing that teenagers should be getting taught in school. Yeah. How to communicate in a relationship, how to have a successful uh, understanding relationship with a man or a woman, depending on what you're into. And instead, we're learning like, <laughs> you know, history or whatever. Yeah, yeah, algebra. And it, this is, it, it's, it's essential for a happy life. Well, how could it be taught in schools if nobody knew? Nobody was following this. The rules for a healthy, happy relationship before we just shut up and live life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there are very few happy Like, the happy couples that you see, like, on Instagram that are super old, like, they're, like, really diamonds in the rough, I think. And they're so magical and they're so special. And that's, that's like, what we all want. Um, but I think it is actually very rare. But it starts from, you know, healthy families, Right, like you'll see a lot of those patterns of you know families that kind of stay together through the generations. They have the the internal compass is this thing, mm-hmm. right? When you branch out to like the bigger cities, it's kind of like the internal compass is we don't have to stay together. I'm a single parent. Like this is just the way things are, and it makes it so much easier to go to that to make that the first choice. Yeah, you know? and I, I like I don't even think people are finding it that important to be staying together after having children anymore. Yeah, but it's so crazy. You know, as I've done this work, like I used to not want to get married and not have kids. I was like, fuck them kids. Mm. Like, I don't, I don't need that. I'm going to be a Billy. Like, I'm going to do my thing. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm older, damn, it really does catch up with you. And you're like, yeah, actually, I maybe I do want more of a traditional family life. So when you say it catches up with you, what does that mean? Does that mean you maybe one day woke up and felt more like, because you know how someone's people say a biological clock and all of that. Do you feel like that was part of it or did you just come to that realization on your own? I fell in love with someone who I thought, I want to have kids with this person. Wow. Which I never thought that would ever happen to me because I never thought that for anybody else. Um, and terif- actually getting pregnant was like my worst fear in the world. It, it terrified me. <laughs> and then you went from that of wanting to be pregnant. Yeah, to being like, I could, I think I could see myself having kids with you. And then I started thinking about that, and then I started wanting that, right? And that relationship didn't work out. But obviously, I don't have kids, and I'm not married. But then it, it, it just changed my whole worldview, because then I started to look at things so much different of like, why do I want so much money? Why, why do I want to be successful, because like I've been doing this for like so many years and traveling to different countries and stuff and it's like I hear the same complaint even from my clients and like you hear the same complaint from people who are very old like doing things by yourself loses its allure it loses its sparkle it's not fun and like you would trade it when you're 80 years old all of the work that you did to have a life with someone special yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer that money is only as good as the quality of the people that you've got to spend it on. Right. I think for women, men, it's different because men are kind of taught from an early age, okay, you should have a career because you're going to need to support a family. Whereas women are being told now, correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like women are being told, you need to have your independence um, in case a man doesn't support you or in case he leaves you or whatever. But happiness isn't really thought about. It's security right. and stability. And I, I, don't get me wrong, I think they're essential. But for women now, 
I have met a lot of women, you know, moving to London where I felt like you guys are sort of hitting 30 and kind of coming to that realization of like, I'm, I'm just making my boss more money, really. I'm not really, you know, like making myself happy or building anything that I feel like in the long... Like, I watched this Kevin Samuels geezer, you know. Um, and don't get me wrong, Kevin Samuels, if, if people have never heard of him, he's like a 50-year-old um, image consultant who would tell women a lot of the time why they don't have a partner. And yeah, he was a bit brutal, but there'd be truth in, in, in the things that he was saying in regards to the kind of men they want and what those men are then looking for. Right. And it would blow their minds. And these are women who would spend... 20 plus years uh, from being 20 years old to you know their late 30s 40s still without uh, a family without children and they'd just been doing it their way their way their way and when they'd got into relationships because they were in the masculine energy of I'm a go-getter I'm a determined career woman it's not gelling with a man and men are just like you know I'm not really into that and leaving and they, they sort of all seem to regret it and I think it's maybe women now need to veer a little bit back from, okay, yes, be independent, yes, have a career, but also take time for your love life as well because actually, in the long term, that is actually what makes women happier than independence and career and all of that. No, I totally agree. I actually have like a conspiracy theory that... I mean, partially a conspiracy theory, like the birth control companies, because I think Big Pharma runs so much, at least in the United States. Fuck. Like, getting girls on birth control at a young age messes with their hormones, and after being on it for so many years, it makes you, like, infertile, so then they make money from having to do in vitro fertilization and things like that, but it also, like, it delays your hormonal process, right? Like, so you're not getting the biological clock. You're not falling into because you don't have as much um, wow. estrogen, right? So, of course, the women are all becoming more masculine, and then their time clock is being delayed. And then so what happens is women are starting to freeze their eggs, and, you know, like, so they can do more career. And then by the time they get there, and then, like you said, they're kind of, like, too old to partner with someone, and then they might have a child by themselves. Or you know, it's like... Also, one of the main... One of the main Factors you could argue if you were believing in that uh, that this is all one big conspiracy is well part part of the thing is that statistically fertility is plummeting right right so that's all true not even enough a debate but the reason why they wanted to you know allegedly the government would want to attack the family unit is because what's the good in just having the dad pay taxes let's have the dad and the mom pay taxes wow. let's get them both out there working let's masculinize the, the the females and make them think that this is go get them single ladies you know what i mean and um and uh, my only experience on this was uh i was with a, a woman who was like really lovely person i'll never forget this she went on uh, the birth control pill it went crazy the fucking personality change was insane it was like a different human I'm, I'm i'm talking from an angel to a very difficult human to be around like and i couldn't i was like like I, i'm on antidepressants right like antidepressants i'm on there sertraline i don't know if you've ever heard of sertraline um and sertraline, you know, is a strong drug. And yet, 
my, you know, the impact on me is literally it just curbs my temperament, keeps me uh, emotionally more stable. It doesn't have that much of an impact on me by comparison. This was a 180 degree change in a person that I've never, and it made me realize like, because I've dated quite a few women who've been on antidepressants. And it's like, well, you're also on birth control. Is the antidepressant just balancing out what the fucking birth control is doing to you as well? Mm-hmm. And when when these women, as I've said, have, have been so in their masculine energy, it's like, well, if the if the government are telling you all oh, go out, be single ladies, be independent, you're getting pumped full of hormones that are making you more masculine. You're then fertility's plummeting. It's like it's all it's like a whole organized, orchestrated approach to change men and women. Um, as we once knew them. And then we're also being bombarded with, you know, other imagery out there of what m- ma- men should be or shouldn't be, which is feminizing men. Right, and all the estrogen in the, oh. in the food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what they say. It's like, it's really, really crazy. And, it, and There was what, no man boobs in the 1930s. And what do we do? <laughs> men will go to the doctor, say, hey, your testosterone's low. Why don't you get a testosterone shot? Yep. We're like losing our minds about like going back to like just being logical and instead of putting more and more stuff in our bodies to try to control these things that we feel like are out of control we need to just let our, bo- our bodies regulate themselves mm-hmm. like your your program to continue on so if something is imperfect in your functioning your genetics will figure that out mm-hmm. you know there's nothing wrong with getting help where you need it but to think that every solution every solution is in medicine and manipulating our hormones it's just crazy. And that is the attitude of um, more, more, more. Like, you know, you need uppers, to, you know, downers, or like you need uh, sleeping tablets. Caffeine to wake uh, up, uh, yeah. sleeping tablets to Everything. bed. The food is put, like all of the, the meats are pumped full of stuff, the pesticides and the, it, it is overwhelming how much we're being bombarded. And I'm glad you can see that as well. It, it, it does make me think like, are you yourself on birth control or anything like that? Yeah, I, well, so here I use I was on this um I had never heard of I not that I'd never heard of it, but like I didn't know anything about birth control until mm. I was like 23. I actually got my first birth control in London. Okay. It's free mm. um, because my partner at the time said, "Oh, we should get you on birth control." And I was like, "Oh, why?" And I didn't understand the reason for why people went on birth control, like besides preventing pregnancy, but I thought always you use a condom, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's the point. That didn't have any hormones in it. It moved, and I had to go on the pill for a short period of time. That's why I know what you're talking about. When I went on the pill for like a month, I felt like I was going crazy. I would cry at like the drop of a hat. I would get pissed off, and I was like, I don't know what's wrong with Honestly. me. I didn't know what was wrong with me. I was going crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I have a different IUD that's also hormonal because in the United States, you have to pay for everything, right? <laughs> Copper IUD, no hormones, $1,200. Last 10 years. Hormonal IUD, $70. Last seven years. Why is the hormonal one so much cheaper than the copper one? Right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's definitely on my list to get it taken out. Um, and I've wanted to for a while, but I can't just like take it. You know, it's not an easy thing like stopping the pill is. It's like I have to go in and, and do it. And, you know, with healthcare in the U.S., it's just difficult to go places. So it's like, you know, you feel a little bit trapped. You feel like a little bit trapped also because there's so much pressure on women to be the people to prevent it. And obviously you want to prevent it because you're the one who has to carry the baby, right? But it's like, damn, dude, it's like there's so limited options and it has such a huge impact on on who you are and it's like, it's really kind of rough. I, yeah, <laughs> that, that experience, it blew my mind. 
I worry about actually like when I get off of this, um, who I might be. Because I feel like normal, right? I don't feel like it has a big impact like the pill did. But it, it does worry me because they say that like you can get depression after and that like because you're body has to normalize out. I mean, yeah. I, I'm like, will I connect with men anymore when I can see it? I don't know. Like, I really wonder this. Because it, <laughs> hormones impact us like mega, don't they? So like, you are blissfully unaware of what this is doing to you. But you, it will be changing the way your thought patterns are. It, will, it just will, won't it? And like with me, with antidepressants, I remember when I came off my antidepressants, uh, I just thought, you know what? I don't think I need them anymore. And the, the, the crash was monumental. It was scary. Did you go cold turkey? Uh, I, I sort of sl- decreased by 50% and then eventually to nothing. And it wasn't immediate. It was... Because there's so many side effects with, with sertraline regarding like, uh, you'll be like up five, ten times a night needing a wee. Uh, and it's like... And the sexual side effects as well, like you're not quite the same. It's not like you can't, you know, get an erection, but you're just like, you don't feel like you're able to uh, finish the way, you know, it's like a bloody nightmare, basically. And there's a lot of other issues with sleep and um, just slight issues here and there. And I thought, you know what, let me just get off and see how this goes. And within two months, I was suicidal. You know, like. But so I'm just wondering though, because I also have had a client who is weaned off, mm-hmm. and arguably these are like the hardest moments of his life. You know, just the things that we were going through, and he was feeling better than ever because he started to address these things that were causing the depression. Mm. And sometimes I think we don't, we we can't solve what we don't see. Like sometimes you don't see what's causing the depression. Right, or you don't feel like you have the support, or like the right support hasn't come to you. And also, if you've been on something for so long, that's like you're addicted to it. Like eventually, your body stops making what is already being supplemented to it. Right. So there's just something in that that's like, you know, I'm not saying like get off of it or anything. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying like I don't think always these companies have our best interests at heart. And there's some level of addiction that we get caught up in. Because some people are on antidepressants, they're still not really happy, right? Like, life doesn't necessarily change. It's just like, so then you're like, well, when is it going to start working? Yeah, right? I, but you know what? I, I completely agree with you, and I think that they are overprescribed way more than what they should be. I mean, the amount of women I've met who are on them, and as I say, I'm like, you can't all need, like, this is a lot of women who are on them now. Like, God only knows how many. Yeah, yeah. Um, But for me, the reason why I fully believed that they were the right course of action was they say, oh, it should take you two weeks to notice a difference. And within three days, I was like, oh, I feel a bit less. Like, because I was absolutely wanting to like end my life when I started them I was like if that had gone on a few more weeks it might have been the end of me and I immediately felt the difference and again um, I just think I have a deficiency in serotonin in my body because, or something like that because did you know it's actually been scientifically proven that there's no such I've seen that study like yeah. from the holistic psychologist no, I don't know if you've all heard no, of it I heard that yeah and I, I, I couldn't believe it because again I'm like well what is going on then because well it might be supplying you definitely with something mm, that you don't have yeah right like but who's to say where that deficiency was truly caused from at this point 
again, you my know? body has been bombarded with all sorts from birth, and God knows what other impacts that other people are going through out there, where we're now needing something like a sertraline right. to just feel normal. Right. Because again, I'm on I'm on this antidepressant. I don't feel great, by the way. Like I still feel depressed. I still feel. No, we need to get you out of that. Yeah. Well, there's no reason you should feel depressed. Uh, well, part of the problem, I think. Don't get me wrong. Like it is mega low without sertraline because I'm literally thinking um, on a daily basis like I just wish I wasn't here I just wish I wasn't I wish you know what I mean all of that sort of stuff it's the constant like the brain telling itself like you know whereas sertraline helps me it sort of cushions that so it's like it's kind of muffled. It's like sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not there. Sometimes I feel, you know what, today is fucking great. It's a bit more normal, um, like what my life used to be like. But I've, I have been through a lot of trauma, which is probably, you know, I've been through a fuck ton, actually. Um, and maybe that's part of the, the overall reason. But equally, w- without this, I don't know what I would do. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and that's what I think where it's really a powerful tool, mm. but it's kind of like nobody nobody teaches you how to use the tool so that you're a skilled craftsman as opposed to they just give you the tool and say, here's your tool, and you kind of just hold it for the rest of your life saying at some point, something will get fixed, right? And yep. so like you want to take it so that you feel neutral, right? Because you're not getting anywhere when you feel so low. Um, that's just going deeper and deeper down the hole. But then, then they just give it to you and they like throw you to the wilderness and say, you're, you're okay now. And you're like, but are you saying I'm still depressed or like, you know, it's neutral, like that's the best it's gonna get, like breaks my heart because like life is not meant to be like that. Like I wanna help you, you know what I mean? Like yeah. we are not well, the, meant to just have it be in the back of our head. Like nobody taught you how to handle the trauma. No, not, not I mean, they definitely didn't. And it, it, one of the other problems is I probably should be on a higher dosage if, if you're going by what the doctor says, but I can't because when I go on a higher dosage, I end up wanting to piss all through the night <laughs> and it, I can't even fucking live. Like, you know what I mean? Like I can't even wake up in the morning. Like, so I'm just like, so. I can't even live. I, you know, I, I want to be able makes me want to kill myself. I, I literally want to have an orgasm and be able to fucking sleep. So I need a certain amount just to stop myself from killing everybody. <laughs> um, it's fucking crazy really when you think about it. But like how, how many other people out there are feeling like me probably a lot so um, and as you say it's like drugs for this drugs for that drugs for you know what I mean and that's sort of and in terms of understanding trauma and I, like the level of trauma I've been through you know it's uh, without going into, into full detail on a podcast it's it's crazy I don't even know how I'm here like I honestly have no idea how I'm, how I'm alive and, and then to go through all of that to then get on the internet and put your videos out there. And generally, I'm just trying to entertain people and have a laugh and hopefully people like that. And sometimes I'll say things that I know are a little bit annoying, right? Because, you know, you have a difference of opinion on fighting, on boxing, on football or whatever. But the level of vitriol and abuse you're then subjected to. So it's like, mate, my own brain's already telling me <laughs> I'm a shithead and cr- criticizing myself constantly. So then you have the waves of abuse coming through as well. It's it's a bizarre life that I'm living. Like I'm like fuck me. This is, you know, I never thought when I was eight years old that this many people I don't know would tell me I'm a cunt. Um, so that's a weird one. Uh, but yeah, 
Thank, I mean, thank God the meds are there, don't get me wrong, because honestly, like I say, I really did need them. But like you say, that's... When, when you want counselling or whatever, you get like a rationed amount of sessions where they're just like, yeah, we'll give you half an hour and, you know, we'll, like, and even the, the counsellors themselves know the service is so difficult for people to really benefit from because they're overworked, underpaid, understaffed. Ah, it's a fucking nightmare. Yeah, and with all of the rules around um, counselling, you're just there talking to yourself. Uh, right? <laughs> you know, because they don't give you any action items. That's the problem yeah. that most men come to when they you know, they see me. They're like, yeah, it was really nice to like get it off my chest. But then I'm like, what now? Like, how do I fix this? How do I heal this? And I'm like, I, I understand because that's what I experienced too. And I love my therapist. She's still my therapist. But like, you have different people for different things in your life. And when you really want to solve something, you have to go to someone who can help you fix it. And um, thank God for medication, like you said, but that should be the starting point and a stepping stone to the next part of your life where you where you start to understand what you've gone through and what you've been through because as much trauma as you've been through, that doesn't mean you're absolved of hope that you can live a happy, amazing life. Yeah, and I, I, I spoke to a woman uh, who was a victim of an attack from a man and it was uh, horrendous and she said how much therapy had helped her. So I've, I've seen that it can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but it's just, you know. Well, and that's also because women um, really get a lot out of talking. Yeah. Right? But like men and women are different. So men experience therapy in such a different way. Yeah. When I did do a little bit of therapy, I remember I would leave and I'd feel like I dug everything up and I'd be like, and now it's just there. Yeah. yeah. And just walking around with it after refreshing it all. And that that is quite challenging. And, and sometimes... I'm, and I'm not pointing any fingers, but I do wonder, and maybe this is a good thing for you to say, is some people seem to talk to therapists who I know, and I'm like, your therapist can't be being honest with you. Like, like you know when, like, I, I knew an arsehole who was basically just, like, getting made to feel better about their shithead behaviour instead of really having someone tackle it with them. And do, do you ever think that therapists can kind of just go, feel better about what you did? Yeah, I mean, because therapists are not gods. They're just humans. And some people can abuse their positions just like anybody else. Okay. I think that there are some incompetent therapists who have gone through school and don't actually know or don't actually care about what they're doing. Mm. They just want to make money just like anybody else. On the thought, though, of like someone who's an asshole and like they're getting coddled or whatever, sometimes like you just need to help that person feel like understood for their actions but I think it's also important to tell people this is inappropriate like what you do I mean I don't know if what I do is the best but I'm saying like this is how I do it right because I don't want someone to like if I need someone coaching me I'm going there because I know something's wrong that I'm doing Mm -hmm. so I need you to tell me what's wrong because I don't I I can't see it so I need someone to point out all the steps and tell me what do I do now because then I can learn and then I can do it differently so that's, that's how so I coach good. my men. And also just another thought on when you went to therapy and people are digging stuff up, you don't actually need to dig up your trauma in order to heal from it. And actually that was an old um, way of doing therapy where they would just have you repeat it again and again and again and they thought that you were healed because you would no longer be emotionally reactive, but actually you were just dissociating from it. So we found that it's no longer effective um, to have people continue repeating their trauma unless you bring it up. Right, because um, it just serves to re-traumatize you, and you never get over it. <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah, 
I'd have to like write lists out and stuff like that. But I think to be honest, I was I was younger at the time, and I think I was too immature to really. Mm-hmm. You might not have been ready. Do the work, as they say. And I know a lot of guys who do this. There's there's men out there who they find a woman who is a bit of a project, who, who needs help or saving, and they think that it's on them to be the white knight in shining armor. And I know you've mentioned this before. Um, why do men do this, and, and what kind of things do they do in these relationships? There's so many different facets as to why, right? But there's, you know, the pressure of like the man has to be the leader and he's the one who protects and provides and women who are down they need someone who can help them out they need someone who can save them so he will be attracted to her because he's like oh I can help I can fulfill my role as a man with her and then where it gets into a really big problem on so many levels is a he does it at the disservice of himself because usually someone who is down and out on themselves are not usually like in a place to work on themselves. And so he forgoes his own needs, his wants, his responsibilities in order to do what makes her good. And then if he builds her up, she's now built up to the point where he has um, built her up out of his job, right? His job was to be her savior. And now she no longer needs saving. So usually she'll leave That's so or true. they'll no longer get That's together. So and then he's angry because he's like, this is all I did for you. I was, you know, and his subconscious thought, he does not do this on purpose, but the subconscious thing is I chose you because I thought you would never be able to leave me. Exactly. I thought you would never abandon me. And now you're leaving me. How dare you? I saved you. I did all these things for I you. I used to feel sorry for you. Like, that's a big one in a lot of these guys. They feel sorry for these women. And I watched this show where um, there was this woman who had, uh, her body was basically ravaged after having multiple children. She needed a makeover. And this man had supported her. They had a sexless marriage and he was there for her through thick and thin. Not thin, but you know. And uh, she got her surgery, makeover, looked glam. And then at the end, I knew this was coming. The end is small. She then left him right afterwards and I was like supported after all of that you know and um, you do see that when they feel like okay now I've got my confidence I don't need you anymore and you're almost like because you lowered your standards to get her and she's lowering her standards by taking you on so but, you, yeah. you've both had low standards when you got in this and now you both of you are like once you hit your confidence you get out of that when both of you hit your confidence you get out of that because you have to be in a lower state of self-confidence to say, I'm going to choose someone who I feel like is weaker than me. If you're seeing your partner as like weaker than you or less than you, like <clears throat> that's a reflection on yourself of like, I don't deserve someone who's at my level. So true. I've had these conversations with my guys before where I've been like, that's not your job, bro. Your job is not to therapize her, to fix her. Your job is to find someone who's on your level. Mm -hmm. You're not there to make exceptions for her inadequacies as a person. She's supposed to improve your life. She's just being a burden to you. You're, what, what are you getting from all of this shit? But he doesn't see it like that because he feels like a hero. And he feels like she loves him. And maybe they do love each other, right? Like, there's not, we're not disregarding that there's love there. I mean... There's just not an equality there. It's, it, it's a different kind of relationship. It's almost like father-daughter relationship, right? Like, dad's going to take care of me. Dad's going to save me. So I, I love him. And then it's usually not sexual, right? It's, it's really like a father-daughter relationship. And he adores her like a daughter. He wants to take care of her, wants to protect her. But in your romantic relationships, you don't necessarily have that desire. You, you want to protect and provide, but you don't want to like 
take care of them like a child. Not resp- not in a responsibility right. sort of way. And that's exactly what I said to my mate once. I was like, you're, you're not her dad. You know, what what is going on here? And that sort of brings us on to daddy issues generally because men often do get roped into a life with women with those sort of hang-ups and end up trying to be that role. Mm-hmm. I know I've definitely found myself all of a sudden, like, how the fuck did this happen? <laughs> because I look like that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, you know, if it wasn't for women with daddy issues, I'd be a virgin. I always say that because I've just attracted <laughs> them my whole life, pretty much. But how do men sort of avoid, uh, you know, in your opinion, maybe becoming that, that character for a woman, do you have to set boundaries or? Yeah, I mean, you have to do a whole slew of things because usually, if you get into relationships like that, it's because you haven't been shown what a healthy relationship dynamic looks like, and it's usually coming from, like we said, uh, men with single mothers. They they also have daddy issues. No daddy, right? So true. <laughs> daddy not there. To- I, I had that. I I had this. You feeling just said of, I if, I would be a virgin if I didn't yeah. have girls with daddy issues because you're a man with daddy issues. Yeah, I had that abandonment feeling of you know, what, what, what was wrong with me and all of that, yeah. And then so you, you go to a woman who is down and out and you think, if I can save her, it, you know, subconsciously, it will heal this pain that I feel inside and finally I will be worthy enough for love that I didn't get. Mm-hmm. Finally, I will have, have earned it and it will kind of like make up for the past of like not feeling good enough, but it never does. And never fills the wound. Okay, so I'm going to turn uh, turn on to you before we end. Uh, you said that you're you're in the market now. You're feeling like you know what I want. I want this life. This is what I want. <laughs> what kind of man are you looking for? Because the men out here are going to be looking at you, thinking she understands men. Uh, is there a thing in your head, or are you just yeah. sort of open minded? No, there is. De- I mean, absolutely. There's a definitely a specific thing in my head. I don't necessarily want to ask for it because I feel like the man who sees me. Uh, I want the man who sees me to know that, like, I'm the one, right? Like, and I'll know that energy. Like, he'll know who he is, right? Like, the people who are looking for my answer are the ones who are usually, you know... Oh, you don't want a p- people to come at you with that energy on a... On a mm-hmm. I seen you said this, Yeah. so now let me pretend to be this. Yeah, that. And also, I think people just need to be themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so I would say for anybody who's you know, looking for a specific type of woman, just be a specific type of man. Be who you are. Whether you have divine feminine or masculine as your dominant, just be fully in that and look for your match, right? Look for your match. Um, Know what your um, internal compass is, right? Like for sure, true and true, I need a man who does what he says he's going to do. Like he cannot be without that. He cannot be a dishonest man. Amen Um, to that, sister. He has to be, he has to be, and you know, I think it's, and this is like a personal thing. I don't want to make this into a personal part of the podcast, but it's like for it. I get bombarded with the women are losing their value as they age. And, you know, men don't want women who are such high achievers and stuff. But at this point, I'm like, what else can I do? Right? Because I'm getting older and I'm naturally a high achiever. Like I want big success. So the pool of men that I'm looking for, I'm not looking for someone less successful than me because if I want traditional roles, I have, if I want a provider, he's got to make more money than me. And now I'm getting higher and higher up this you know, <laughs> bar. Like I can't help that because what am I supposed to do? Just stop and hope that someone No, you know, that's comes not a me. solution. So yeah. It's like I have to continue growing and looking up. So I need a man who's also continuously growing and who's also a little bit ahead of me, you know? I think intellectually, that is important as well with someone who's such a smart woman like yourself. Like, 
just someone who can hang with you in a conversation because you could just run rings around a lot of these guys, I'm sure. Um, and also a man who's understanding of what your work is, I guess, because... Right, because, you know, that's actually the, pro- the problem that I have is like, I don't want to tell people what I do. Uh-huh. I don't want to tell people what I do because they either think that I'm like, they're like, oh, you're going to psychoanalyze me. And it totally kills off any sexual intimacy. That you know, it just kills it. Or they're like, oh, I have some problems I need. And I'm like, okay, great. I, like, I, I just need to say I'm like a kindergarten teacher or something, you know? Or like, or people like fangirl you, which is like, I love. You love, mean men? Yeah. Have you had men who were conflating <laughs> your services as, you know, someone who helps them with falling in love with you sort of thing? No, because you have to pay to speak to me. Like, so people who are are in in the coaching with me, they're full on about it. But definitely people in like the DMs and they'll say, you know, weird things like, you know, or like... I get it though, right? Because think about it, right? Even like, for example, when I first seen uh, your videos, you come across as someone who's so in tune with men and you're so understanding. And it is not, I mean, we've seen uh, Tony Soprano and the Sopranos falling in love with his uh, therapist because the men just feel understood and they're like, oh, wow, she gets me, you know? Right, but I'm still, and that's the thing too, it's hard because like, I do, I love um, everyone who's in my space so much, mm-hmm. um, but I have to keep, like, it's a separate, like, that's me being in tune with men and understanding men, but in a romantic relationship, I'm still my own person and I make mistakes and I, you know, and I want to be loved. I don't want to be looked at as like, you're the coach of the relationship and you're going to fix me. And so I need a man who has done his own work. And that's harder than finding a man who's wealthy or anything because it takes a lot of guts and a lot of accountability to say like, I've dove into masculine, feminine energy and also to have him not be feminine, right? Like I'm in this weird, weird gap of, you know, I'm not saying it's impossible. I think it's actually better because you weed out people so much easier, right? But I don't think you'll have any that. problems. <laughs> I, I definitely don't. But I, am, but I appreciate the honesty because I think a lot of people have insecurities or slight worries of how do you know how do we find that perfect person for us? And when you're in a business where you're doing the things you are doing, yeah, men are insecure. So you know, you're talking to men, helping men. You know, is is that gonna you know make them feel? But like you say, the right kind of guy will appreciate that and say, "He has a woman who understands men. How can this not benefit me in a relationship?" Of course it can. You know, because you speak the language essentially. You're fluent in man. <laughs> fluent in man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a there's a um, uh, a question I like to ask before we finish. I'm going to ask you it now, which is, how would you like to be remembered? I would like to be remembered for truly helping people, for having an impact on people. This has become my life. Like this, like I don't have children, I don't have a partner, and sometimes like, like life for me has been very lonely. Um, I'm not close with my family. I jump from country to country. I don't have like these pillars of connection. And so, you know, selfishly, I've kind of found it through this work that I've done, and I've just, it's so important to me to have an impact on the world, to not make people feel so alone and to help them feel understood and seen. And I, I want to help everybody, you know? Like, it's not enough for me to have just a few people. Like, I want everybody to feel like they have something to look forward to. So I'd like to be remembered for, like, really just trying to do my best. <laughs> I'm just doing my best. 
That was a lovely answer. And I really rate your honesty in the vulnerability that you shared there. And I think uh, as, as someone who's just sort of getting to know you and watching your journey, I just think being also focusing on you and looking after you would be a, a great part of that as well because you can give too much to people, can't you? And you deserve a lot. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You're a good person. Yeah, but yeah. the focusing on me, you know, like this is the best, like the most fulfillment I have found mm-hmm. has been from like helping people out. And I, I focus on me by bettering myself so that I can be better at this. And then I think in the background is like, I would really like a family. I, mm. I want a strong family. And that's why I'm like not willing to settle. Like I want one specific person. I don't want to get divorced. I don't want to have a broken family. I want to have a family unit, something I didn't have. And I want to be included in their family. Like, cause the ultimate thing that at the end of the day that we all need is love, like deep connected love. Like that's what nobody regrets that at the end of their lives, but we regret so many other things. I think you're absolutely right and uh, we're definitely on the same page in that respect and I remember this quote about uh, you, you meet people in life who are either radiators or drains you know yeah. and you are a radiator so you yeah, are thanks. You're, you're, you're definitely helping people so well done I'm going to put all the links uh, below because I know a lot of men out there will want to reach out and, uh, and, and look at more of your work because you have so many words of wisdom that can help people and hopefully we'll get you on again sometime Yeah, thank you so much for being here. That was Elise on the True Geordie podcast. Thanks for watching and we'll see you later.